0: Welcome to What's Your Reel, a podcast where we interview with industry-leading creatives to learn their story about who they are, how they got there, and where they want to go. We invite you to join us on the journey as we roll their reel to learn how these creatives are finding their way to
1: success. So today we sat down with Will Peters. Now this is a guy that we've known probably for our entire lives. It's been a while. Yeah, I knew him since I was in middle school, I think. Yeah, I mean, I knew him since, you know, early. Well, heck, I mean, we talk about it a little bit, but we used to do Christmas with their family and all sorts of stuff. But he and I have never really sat down and talked about filmmaking. And holy crap, this guy has done everything. I mean, he has done a lot. Um, This is a long one, but just full of incredible information. Such a cool story. All the things he's done and, and how he even got to filmmaking. A um, little bit of our history. And, and he, I mean, he made a coffee company. I mean, it's just it's just awesome. Super fun to sit down. And, and I think this is a really good reminder sure. that people like this live in Vermont. I mean, we are all just Vermonters who have passions about creative media. Um, and these people exist that you would never even know about. So this one was really cool. Um, went to your same high school. Yeah, went to my high school. I didn't even like... <laughs> What? I mean, he went to my high school the year I was born, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, anyway, such a fun conversation. You guys are going to dig this one. Just, it's amazing that these people live in Vermont. Our guest today has done corporate films, narrative, and a, even a full length
0: documentary. He both lived and worked through the analog to digital transition in filmmaking. So we'd spend a lot of time talking about that. So with that,
1: welcome Will Peters to the show. I don't know if you remember this,
2: but, but probably almost. Not. Probably not. Okay, I'm just going to so come out <laughs> to begin with. I don't, from 2008, nine, before, it's very fuzzy.
1: <laughs> okay, but you basically almost gave me my first editing software. You offered me your second license of Final Cut 7.
2: Oh, Final Cut
1: 7, yeah. Remember so that? that must have been a while ago. Yeah, well, so that's probably, maybe. It probably why
2: didn't work because I probably had multiple machines or... It was. I forget it, what it was, but it, it didn't work. No. no, because
1: you. I think the only CDs you had were your upgrade CDs oh, or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I ended up. I ended up buying it anyway. But yeah. that was. Uh, that was where it started. But I remember showing you because we always did Christmas at your. That's uh, you right. Know, Christmas yeah. Eve yeah. with you guys. I remember that. And uh, see that you remember. That's I, good. Well, I do. Yes. I was a little I was a little child. I mean, yeah. that was middle school for me.
2: I remember your brother would be doing some sort of a dancing or juggling or something some kind something of a thing, like,
1: something like that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you would
2: be sitting in the corner quietly just kind of like not really <laughs> <That laughs> wanting com- to participate. <laughs> in any anyway, com- that is the
1: most <laughs> accurate <laughs> thing you could have said. Um, yes, and and we would always get robes. Yeah, yeah, I did it, remember that. I
2: was like, "What? Where did that come from?" That uh, robes. It was a strange, like you were the in the in the grotto. Yeah, I don't know what pef. it was.
1: I don't know what it was, but I do remember vividly when I was a little kid in middle school. I had uh, actually two things from you. I think you gave me more information than you may realize. Oh wow! I was like, I really want my first camera to be a seven D, and you're like, "No, dude, T three I, get its little brother." So I did. <laughs> so the T three I was <laughs> it's my definitely first a camera.
0: little brother. To the 7D. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And then uh, and then I showed you this little scootering edit that we made on my Handycam and you're like, "Oh, well, do you want uh, you know, final cut 7 or whatever?" And I was like, "Yes." Um, because I was editing But that was a, a, big, fail because, it was uh, a big fail because <laughs> <was a> <laughs> obviously <laughs> fail. <laughs> that didn't work out. <laughs> However, we, we still got it. But um but yeah, at that point, I remember you had, you know, the office in Colchester. Yeah. Um and then you showed me some clip. I think that might have been uh, your documentary that the, at either the
2: beginning sounds of... sounds about right. And so I, I that um, that office in Colchester, I think, was about 2012. Yeah, that sounds. I about moved right. into yeah, there and started kind of the the agency work. Um, hmm. And at the same time, starting that, we were filming the documentary. You know, it was about a two year, two and a half year process to to get all that footage. So yeah, around then, that was uh, that was I think summer of. 2012. Yeah. Around there. Probably. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think uh, I think it's at that point I was too young to ask the right questions about. I think it,
2: it was. Yeah. I think you were probably like I don't even know. I would what, have been 13. 13 in OK. So yeah, yeah. So that was uh, I. But I do remember you showing up and it was like I think uh, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> well and I, I think I had you know a room that was just filled with Like, Pelican cases and just cables everywhere. And, like, you know... It was like Disneyland. It was like Disneyland for a 13-year-old. Into video. And there's not a lot of young people who are that into video in terms of, like, wanting to know how it is. It's just, like, they want to go on their iPhone and, like, shoot around and do do stuff like that. But, yeah, I think from a very early age, you showed...
1: Yeah, I was obsessed. Yeah, like... I was obsessed as a little kid. Yeah. And I'm still a little bit obsessed. And I didn't even get into
2: it until college like it was oh really yeah so I I mean I was I was doing you know handy cam videos with friends and things like that but never didn't really understand anything in terms of how to shoot how to edit or anything like that it was just sort of like having fun in the backyard <coughs> and then and then college came around and and yeah it was sort of like okay yeah this is lighting and this is how you do this and that. so there, you add on a little bit more uh, of that knowledge as you kind of do it more. But yeah, it was, it was never really until college that I was really interested in. I was more into writing. Like I liked writing oh. s- like plays and I liked writing, um, shorts and things like that. Um, so, and which came in a little bit later as, as helpful. Um, yeah. you know, when you're, when you're like, okay, what do I film? It's like, okay, uh, I've got, I've got some ideas and things like that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until later on that I was I, I wanted to be behind the camera doing stuff.
1: Yeah, interesting. So we talk about what I was doing when I was twelve or thirteen. What were you doing? What you what, what, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? You like growing up? So you grew up in Vermont. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you want to be when you grow up? When you're a little kid?
2: I again, it was I liked I liked I loved movies. Movies were you know that's kind of where I I wanted to. Live, uh, you know. I, I was just. I remember the the movie that I I remember just so vividly as like that blew me away, and I watched it pretty young. Was Jaws, hmm. and just being like, okay, this uh, this is a game changer. This is so crazy, <laughs> you know. It's yeah, and and for for the nineteen seventies, I think it came out in nineteen seventy five. You know, it was like the first big genuine blockbuster movie um, ever made. Hmm. So. You know, watching that when I was probably, I don't know, nine or ten, that was kind of like a big sort of like, oh, wow, movies are not just, you know, kid movies. It's like you can you can have these movies. And, and obviously at nine or ten, I didn't understand really what was going on. I just knew, <laughs> hey, there's a shark going around eating people and these guys are trying to stop it. Um, <laughs> right. But, yeah, it's just one of those things that when you when you're young, you, you have these moments, especially if you're into filmmaking or movies you have specific moments in time when you can remember, oh, this is when I, I knew that, um, you know, I really liked movies and then I wanted to be like, I want to do something like that or I want to write it or I want to, however I want, I can be involved. Um, you know, that's kind of, that's w- what I was doing at that point. Just sort of like thinking of stories and just watching movies nonstop. Hmm. <laughs> that was sort of where I lived. So.
1: Well, interesting. Yeah. So growing up, you never were, like, the kid playing with cameras.
2: Um, I, I, we had a, because uh, back then, you know, the, the cameras that you had were, like, the VHS big True. shoulder cameras. So, like, sure. it, it's a little easier now for kids to be, like, getting into right. this stuff, because you have it with you all the time. Whereas, back then, it was like, okay, I'm going to steal my dad's camcorder, and we're going to go out in the backyard and film something. And that's basically what we did. We did some, I remember we did, like, you know, just... Infomercials, Like I remember back in the mid nineties <laughs> infomercials were kind of a thing where it was like this new knife can cut through a shoe and like all this stuff. So we would kind of make parodies of those infomercials. Um, and we made uh, we made golfing um, parodies. Cause like back then it was, you know, this new golf club is going to revolutionize your game. And so we did like <laughs> those parodies where it was like, but it was ridiculous. Like the stuff that this golf club could hit off of, you know, that we were Going into the you know Monty Python kind of style of things, and that was, you know, that was kind of where we, we lived as as twelve year old boys. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> wrong as, with that. As ridiculous and raunchy as you could be, that was sort of the the goal of a backyard VHS camcorder movie.
1: Sure, but you went well. So I guess you didn't go no, to film school. You went no, to uh, I went
2: to a a liberal arts college in New Hampshire. Okay, so. Of which I don't remember much. Just, <laughs> so I remember
1: what, a little bit. You, uh, let, you know, we can breeze over high school if you want. But if you're in high yeah, school, high you're like, st- yeah, no, high school's stupid. Well, back I to- can't say that because I just had my high <laughs> school teacher on last month. But well, well that's and, all right. and, you got,
2: and you apparently had a, a, a film teacher there or a, someone who yeah, taught video. Our program like was insane. Yeah, we in did essence. not. We had yeah. nothing of the sort. It was like, usually it was the person who was filming like assemblies you'd, you'd, you'd go there with like some horrible camera and then they'd wheel in that giant TV with a VHS player into like things. And like, you were the AV guy. It's like, Oh, you got to set up a movie for you. And it's on laser disc or something. It was like, (laughs) you know, it was like one of those things. And it was sort of just like, I don't want to do this. Like, I want to wheel a giant TV down the hall and like play a video for everyone. That's not fun. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so that was, When I went to high school, that was kind of what the video department was. It wasn't, let's go out and make some fun video. It was, let's show some Nova video to a classroom full of people (laughs) who don't want to watch it. Where did you go to high school? Essex High School.
1: Seriously? Yeah.
2: What year were you in high school? (laughs) Uh, 98 to 2002.
1: Wait. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I was born in 99. Oh my gosh.
2: (laughs) 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 Sheepers, <laughs> creepers. Ninety-eight. Okay, yeah. So like, ninety-eight. Presco yeah. was not there yet. No, um, no. I, well, I can't imagine. No, there was there was nothing there video-wise. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 insane. It is incredible. That's it's why I mean, like obviously, it's times have changed. And, and right. back when I was getting interested in that, even in college, there wasn't. In terms of equipment, you would have to go to video or, or film school to to participate in any kind of filmmaking activity because you, there, the accessibility wasn't there. You know, there was there was there was, you know, rental houses that you could spend a fortune getting getting cameras and film stock and stuff like that. I mean, DV was just kind of mini DV was starting to be a thing in the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, even in my first job, we were still shooting on beta SP. Like that was kind of like in the big, huge Sony beta cams. Wow. And so I, you know, I, I learned on all these, this equipment, I mean, like it's it seems archaic now, but when you are back then with a big shoulder cam and like, a, I mean, the lenses were, were awesome. Like those lenses on beta cams were, were phenomenal. Hmm. Um, and the quality was actually really quite good. It was just kind of a, a format that sort of you know, didn't really work with the kind of prosumer, you know, crossover. Right. It was sort of, it was the industry standard for TV and broadcast and things like that. But you couldn't really like, Hey, I'm going to go buy an $80,000, you know, beta cam. Right. <laughs> it exactly. was like that was how much they cost and it yeah, was insane. Hmm. Um, so that was kind of the first big camera that I remember working on was a, was a Sony Betacam, Um And, and you know, you just really couldn't ha- get access to to equipment, so people would go to film school and just so they can get their hands on a sixteen millimeter camera or or a thirty five millimeter camera if they were lucky, but usually it was like eight millimeter, and uh, you know we're just going to kind of make little short films, and that was and and study kind of how you set up shots and lighting and, and things like that. Um, but now it's like, forget it. Like you could do it. You could do it just on your phone. The amount of technology that's just sitting in that yeah, phone is I just know. like wild. If I was a kid with that, it's just like, I mean, my, my seven year old kid is, you know, my, both my seven and five year old sons are like, they're, they're reenacting scenes from movies that they see <laughs> on their iPad. And it's just like, oh, man, I, guess, I guess <laughs> it's so, have it so easy with, with this yeah. kind of technology <laughs> stuff. I would day killed for that. I feel like that guy. He was like, yeah. oh, he's just, you know, <laughs> feel like that old, old guy. Yeah, um, but you know that was that was kind of the 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 way it it happened back then is and and I would not I would encourage people now to stay away from as far as away from film schools they could get It's such a waste of money. So That's we'll, my personal opinion. So
1: we will talk about that. Okay, you go to. <coughs> do you, do you, do you
2: remember where you went to college? <laughs> yeah, it was in New Hampshire. I think No, it was Colby Sawyer. Okay, um, so it was just a small liberal arts college, and I. You know, I was I was choosing to go. Ithaca was the other one that I was going going to go to, but um, I was kind of looking at the the ability for for me to participate in some of the things, like I really wanted to be involved with the radio station and you know things like that. Um, and Colby Sawyer just had a smaller communications program, so the likelihood of m- me participating in those programs were a lot better in a smaller school versus. Um, not to say that Ithaca is huge, but it's it's bigger, and they have their program is a little bit bigger, and they they've got more people there. So, um, yeah, I decided to to do that so I could you know have a chance to to you know be involved in the radio station and kind of radio was sort of the thing that I wanted to get into when I was in college, um, just because I I thought it was a cool thing. I loved music. I mean, that was kind of one of those things in high school that you know I was really you know one of one of the first loves. Uh, for me, was music, um, and to to participate in a in a radio program more than just being having my own show, but I wanted to be like I wanted to be the person in charge of like the music director or the station manager or something like that. I wanted to do that, and I was able to do both at Colby Sawyer. So I started out just with my own show, and then I became the the uh, music director. So then I would like call all the different you know, distributors and try and get as much of the music that I liked into the, <laughs> into the radio station. Cause I'm like, okay, we need to, we need to get more of the, more of the stuff that I'm into. Uh, and, and, you know, that was just sort of like what I wanted to do. Um, and then I became the the director of the radio station. Um, hmm. yeah, when I was a senior. So being able to do that, I thought was, was more important than getting involved in a, in a bigger program. Um, and then, obviously, they—you know—I was taking film courses um, while I was doing that, and learning to do production. Uh, most of it documentary style. We didn't do too many narrative things. Um, but I was also involved in the theater program. I wrote a bunch of one-act plays that were put on. So, like that kind of stuff was—I was able to do—you know—both in the theater world um, and also kind of doing uh, doing filmmaking stuff. Very bare bones filmmaking. We didn't, we didn't really do a ton of, of fun, you know, things that were, that were, it was mainly just like, okay, we're going to interview the, you know, so-and-so from the library. And, you know, it's just, it's basically just like to teach you how to set up an interview and how right. to ask questions and that kind of yeah. stuff. So it was more like a news type of a thing uh, where we'd, we'd all be given stories on, on what to do and we'd go out and, and film the stories. Interesting. Yeah, so it was a different thing, and I, I didn't get into the narrative stuff until until much later. Well, a couple of years later.
1: Radio surprised me a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
2: yeah, I was into radio. I was the uh, the Fraser Crane of uh, of my college. Well, well, this is right up your alley. Yeah, at least it
1: should be. I know.
2: So I would. So I I basically had a uh, a three hour radio show, you know, once a week, and and I would do such weird things on my radio show like I'd have people call in and I I'd, I'd write these these sketches and I'd have people call in as like callers and then we'd we'd have we we perform this this sketch kind of over the over the phone and you know into radio and I I still have them somewhere um huh. and I'd have like my I had my cousin call in once uh to tell me that he got really drunk and he had gotten married and he wanted to, <laughs> he, he didn't know who else to talk to. And so we had this big, long thing. It's like, I was trying to talk him through the process of like what to do now. And, and it was, you know, it was just <clears throat> kind of goofy, goofy stuff like so that. So you're writing comedy. Yeah. I was, I wanted to, I wanted to do stuff that was, that was funny. And um, yeah. And, and, and then that kind of turned into, I met a, a good friend of mine uh, to this day, uh, Asher Ellis, and he and I kind of, bonded over our our, uh, mutual love of sketch comedy. So we ended up being like, okay, let's go write some sketches and and film them. Because we had a little, you know, handy cam and that was kind of how you did it back then, is just a little tiny mini DV camera. Um, So we ended up writing all these sketches and we made, you know, five or six of them. And this was kind of like right at the beginning of, uh, you know, we had a YouTube channel. Yep, and uh, that was that was sort of where I was like, okay, I can put these two things. I can write, we can both write these sketches, and then we can film them, and then I edited them together. And that's when I first got Final Cut. Was was junior or senior year? Um, I got a pirated copy of Final Cut Three. Heck yeah, dude.
1: Final Cut <laughs> was Three.
2: Done. Yep, that was uh, and because back then it was like I don't have. I don't know how much it was six hundred and fifty dollars. Uh,
1: well, it was twelve hundred when I bought it. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, this was the. So I I think someone had given me this this pirated copy of it, and so I installed it on my computer and then just taught myself how to how to use it, hmm. editing these sketches that we we had shot together. Nice. So, yeah, and so Asher, uh, my good college friend, we went on to actually co-write some other stuff that we ended up making into, into short films that were proper, proper narrative shorts, um, at least better produced short films <laughs> that would sure. come a little bit later. Yeah. So, Hmm.
1: So, uh, well, let's see, I want to jump ahead to like the hammer and saw days because that's, that's what I know of your narrative stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Be, but before we get there, sure. Um, I think you've already answered this a little bit saying either there's a camera on your phone, my five-year-old's making movies. Yeah. But your thoughts on film school, Um, that was technically communications, right? It was
2: communicate. It was a much broader program that that incorporated, you know, a lot of different things. Um, it wasn't like a there was Mm -hmm. a, there was a portion of it that I focused in that was video production, but it was a much broader program than, than that. It, It encompassed the radio station. It did, you know, the, um, the newspaper, which mm-hmm. I had a running column in. Um,
1: <laughs> you did a lot. Of I, college. Did a, I,
2: I did a lot in college. Courses, like I, I couldn't care less about it. Like everything was about, like, okay, I'm going to write. I, I ended up doing work for the newspaper, and then I'm like, I don't want to write a news story. Like, I just want to just write something that Whatever. I find entertaining, and sure. so that's what I did. I ended up um, kind of writing this absurd column. Um, that I convinced the the editor to run, and it was about me being the coolest person at at Colby Sawyer, <laughs> and the whole thing was about like why I was. It was just by by far the coolest person there, and it was just this this thing where I was talking about, just, and everyone after that thought I was being serious, and nice. so I I kind of wrote this this column that ended up. I don't know. It ran for a couple of years, um, but every every newspaper article, it would just be me being a complete arrogant person, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 ended up finding uh, people started understanding that I wasn't really uh, that this character, but it was. Right. Um, I I did write, and it, I had a suit like I, I was. It was not my name. It was I forget the the name that my handle, but um, yeah. So people started started catching on that. Oh, this he's not. He's not serious so and uh but I forget we were talking about film school. school um yeah so I film school to me is if you have i don't know it just seems to me like it's it's a huge waste of money like it's just it's for the amount that you could learn so my my feeling about it is similar to I think. I think Quentin Tarantino said something similar to this where he just said, you don't need to go to film school to make a movie. Just go out and try to make a movie and you'll Mm -hmm. learn pretty much everything not to do because (laughs) it's going to be the worst movie ever, but you will probably learn way more in that giant failure Mm -hmm. than four years or however many years of film school. Like you're going to, you're going to learn more by trying and failing versus just paying someone a ton of money to show you movies and, this is how you set up the shot. It's like you start to realize if you watch enough movies and you do it often enough, you know where your key lights are. You know the one eighty rule. Like there's everything kind of just. There are only a few things you really need to pay attention to, in in a lot of that. I mean, obviously that's an exaggeration. There are more than a few things, but right. in terms of like the setup of a shot and things like that, there are. I mean, there are filmmakers who have zero experience making movies, and as long as, as, you know, you you get simple things like sound recorded properly and things sure. like that, there are, there are a few things that you need to make sure you you do well. Like, I would much rather watch a movie that was filmed on a really horrible camera, but you can hear what they're saying, versus something that looks amazing, but everything's echoey, and like, I can't, what is he saying? I don't understand, is, is she, what is... Her relationship to him like what like all that stuff is you know captured in in audio and, and things like that so um you know they those things are 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 learned f- pretty much the first thing when you try to make a movie it's like oh man this does it sound horrible yeah well, maybe we should get a proper sound person right. oh yeah that's a good idea mm-hmm. i don't need to pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars for for that lesson i just <laughs> you know like honestly yeah. it's like and well, if you objectively watch your movie that you made and say, gosh, that, that looks horrible. That shot could have been better. That we could have framed that better. This sounds horrible. We could've used that. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can just sort of pick apart in your movies, um, or your your films that that you know, you, you will basically it's the same thing you're paying for in, in film school. Yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't I don't, I'm not uh, not to say that it's it's some people it's it's good. I just I would to yeah. me it seems like a waste.
1: Well all the basics are free now
2: yeah you can find mm -hmm. it anywhere literally go on youtube you could literally learn pretty much everything on on watching a couple youtube videos on on tips and techniques on lighting like everything is just there at your fingertips now so to pay someone a ton of money to to basically show you the same thing in person it's like i don't know yeah i mean you didn't go to film school right no i spent my money on lights and cameras yeah
1: i mean that's That's literally what i did with my college fund (laughs) i mean honestly honestly, i put it on gear that's Um,
2: that's yeah, And then you, you know, obviously you, you mess around with it and you shoot a bunch of stuff and then lo and behold, it slowly starts to get better and better and better. But before you know it, it's, you know, an, a a proper film or video or whatever it is. Right. Um, and, and that's, you know, for narrative films, it's, it's a completely different story than obviously the documentary side or doing corporate videos, you know, doing narrative stuff versus corporate stuff, which I did for years, you know, it mm-hmm. was, you know, doing um, videos and productions that are selling stuff or trying to recruit people or, you know, there's, you know, those kind of videos are, are a completely different animal than, than narrative where you have a script and you've got, you know, blocking and you've got all kinds of different things. That's, that's more of like a a theater performance than it is a, you know, anything else. Hmm. So.
1: That's very interesting. Your background in the radio thing, your background in the theater thing, um, I mean, were you writing at all? So you, how long have you been like, had a passion for writing? Was, did that start high school or did that start? Yeah.
2: I mean, I, since I, since I, I remember, let's see the thing that I remember getting, uh, really into at a young age, um, was reading a book by Woody Allen called without feathers, Okay. and it was a bunch of his essays um from the time that he worked or wrote for the new yorker and a bunch of these other things but just a very funny um hysterical writer and you know his films are are he, he's just prolific in terms of the amount that he he does um but uh you know scandals aside uh, he was one of the one of the early um uh writers directors that i paid attention to, you know, Annie Hall, I remember watching Annie Hall for the first time and just being like, wow, for a film made in 1977, it was way beyond, I think, what anyone had seen up until that point come out of film or, or, or you know, to, to break, you know, fourth wall and do kind of all these different things that I don't, th- I don't know if people had seen before, um, incorporating animation into live action. You know, there's a lot of interesting things like that. Um, so I would say that that was probably one of the first times that I was like I want to I, I think I'm pretty funny or I think I could write something that's entertaining um, you know obviously at that point it's like it doesn't it doesn't quite work that way but like, <laughs> it 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 inspires you and you're like okay this is I, I like doing this and, and so that's kind of what anything that could get um, me involved with writing if it was for the stage or for radio or for you know on screen you know, those are the things that I I wanted to do. Hmm. So, I
1: feel like you're a a giant movie geek. Meaning, I I feel like are you the guy who knows like the director of all these movies?
2: Uh, I a lot of them, not not a ton. <laughs> I, honestly, like <laughs> the yes, m- the answer is yes. Modern, <laughs> modern movies, uh, and again, going back to the fact that uh, you know, it's sort of like the last seven years of, sort of like. I don't really remember a ton. Is that
1: because of children? Yeah,
2: I, I, and like <laughs> I, I haven't been to the movie theater. You know, uh, that was, was sort of like m- new movies. I'm just like, oh, this is a new movie. It's like, oh no, that was released in like 2014. I'm like, oh yeah, okay.
1: Uh, what really? I see. I feel like you'd be the type of person to watch
2: like every movie that comes out. I try to. I but I it's not until it gets released <laughs> down the road. So right, I'm free. watching. <laughs> yeah, so I'm when watching. it's on Netflix? You'll which see on Netflix on, or yeah. <laughs> wherever? And but most of the time I'm. I'm watching movies, older movies that I, uh, you know, that I'm. I feel bad that I've never seen. You know, like those mm. kind of things. Like I watched, forget what I saw the other night. That I don't know some movie from the '60s. I forget what it is. It's like my brain is is mush now. But <laughs> I, I I I'm more of a of a you know '70s American film mm. fan. Um just because I think the movies that were made in the seventies just they couldn't be made now, and they're just narrative wise in the structure I mean, I don't think people now would easily sit through uh, if if that makes any sense like I think like the 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 stories that they were telling in the seventies and the and the way that they were show the grittiness and there's a lot of things that are just of that era that are just you know people would be like what? Why is it what's going on there like, hmm. it's it it's a you know the violence there's a, there's there's Sam Peckinpah movies that are just like you know there's they're just very very violent and um you know Straw Dogs is one that i remember watching and being like oh my gosh that's a you know an earlier Dustin Hoffman movie um yeah it's i think just the the aesthetic and the way filmmakers made movies just without really caring hmm. much about the, the audience what's the audience going to think of this you know it's just like that's what the movie is and you know if you don't like it you don't like it and if you like it you like it you know Taxi Driver again mm-hmm. it's one of those movies that you watch and you're just like that I mean that's a that's a movie you probably couldn't make today um, but it's it's you know it's a movie that no one had s- seen up until that point in in cinema right um, just the grittiness and the the, the subject matter is uh, I don't know if it's something that I don't know you could make now, without being that weird director, and not Martin Scorsese, you know,
1: R- right? Yeah. Do you? I mean, what? Wh- okay, well, that actually, I was going to ask what kind of movies do you gravitate towards now, but you just told me that. Um, <laughs> well, there
2: are others like a uh, Toy Story and uh... yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Beautiful. Yeah. Um, interesting. How you doing over there? Good. Yeah. Yeah. You've yeah, been quiet. You've been very you're quiet. You're just listening. <laughs> I I'm. I tend to be more of a listener. I am noticing that. Yeah.
0: Um <laughs> I'd see I I like to wait for a good pause and I I there's you don't give me a good pause. Oh sorry. It's okay. Would you like me to give you a pause? No, it's right all right, right. Because like I was gonna go back to right after college. You said you were shooting documentaries. Was that for fun or paid so gigs or
2: so in two thousand five I got a job at a at a um just a marketing agency. Um and as a, uh, I started as an intern and then they ended up hiring me and I ended up being kind of in charge of the video side of things. Um, they had a video guy there that was, that was doing all the production. He ended up moving and I was the only person there. And so it was, you know, I, I got promoted in a sense to, sure. to this guy's job. And I ended up basically being in charge of all the video production, um, for this agency. And so I was doing, all kinds of stuff. I mean, it was uh, a lot. Of it was uh, healthcare recruitment videos, you know, for hospitals who are, you know, hiring nurses and all kinds of different things like that. But it was, um, and then we did we did videos for, for, sport golf, sporting things, uh, air force. You know, there's a lot of things like that. Um, spent some time in L.A. doing doing work um, like on sets and things like that. Um, so it gave me a good a good kind of cross-section of, um, of what, uh, what you could do in terms of, you know, making, m- making this a profitable, uh, skill. <laughs> and, and then, cause th- that's, that's kind of one of the things that like you got all this gear, you spent tons of money on gear. It's like, okay, how do I, how do I make money doing it? Um, and so that kind of taught me a lot about, okay, this is sort of like what the, what the corporate side of, of, video production and editing is. Um, So that's a kind of a completely different thing than, than doing the passion project narratives and, and documentaries and things like that. But I got an idea of, you know, it it obviously came and and helped out a lot when I ended up doing a feature length documentary, you know, setting up interviews. I mean, like I've done this for, you know, five or six years at this point. So I can basically do this in my sleep now and, um, and know how to, you know, light, a room and and a subject and you know set up a two camera shot and that's you know what ended up happening and and i was able to to uh to do it in a in a feature length format
0: how are you go ahead how are you uh (laughs) feeling at that point in your career shooting videos for hospitals or golf or whatever. I, I
2: mean, I, I liked it. It was a, it was obviously I was working in, in the industry that I wanted to, and that I, that I wanted to learn more about. And so it was just sort of, you know, it wasn't really about the subject matter per se. Um, I think it was just a lot of it was like, okay, the challenge of how to, it made it forced me to, okay, let me watch other people's work and see what they're doing. And, you know, cause this, most of the industry is people copying each other and like, you know, in terms of you know, editing styles and, you know, and back then, you know, we were linear, non-linear editing was, was fairly new. Um, you know, back when I was in college, we were, we were literally editing on the, uh, what was it? The, it was the Casablanca Avio. So it was, you'd put load in your, your tape and digitize it. And then you'd have like a little rolly ball that you were dragging <laughs> clips sort of near each other, but if there were boxes and you could do a crossfade and uh and type text and it's uh there you had it that was your those are wow. your that was in your toolbox right there there was not a, if you wanted in-camera effects they better be in camera because they're not coming from editing <laughs> you can't fix wow. it in post <laughs> no there's not a, there was not a lot of fixing in post it was oh that was that's a bad shot well we you know or, wow. or anything like that so Moving on to this, where you could basically, you know, uh, I could shoot something in, you know, do a three or four day shoot and then turn it around in like two days, and just be like, I was kind of in that. Uh, I was very much mechanized. I was sort of like, okay, I could, I could turn this around in two days. It, you know, I've got four hours of footage, make a four minute video out of it, and then turn it around, you know, for for edits. Um, and that was sort of the what I did for for from twenty. 2005 to 2012 was just kind of work in that in that world. Um, And then in that in that time, I in my spare time, I should say, I was I was kind of doing narrative type things and and trying to do more of the films that I wanted to do. What kind of clients have you worked for? Like notables, (laughs) notables. Um,
1: Uh, That wasn't supposed to be an insult. No,
2: no, I mean, like a lot of it was, I mean, for the first I mean, it was like Dartmouth, Hitchcock, Fletcher Island. Like, gotcha. There was a lot okay. of hospitals there. There was hospitals out in Binghamton, New York and South Florida and out West. And, you know, I, I did work for oil companies out in, hmm. out in Wyoming. Hmm. Um, you know, did a lot of work for the air force out in LA. So you were doing
1: traveling and you were doing all sorts I of stuff. Was,
2: there was, there was some points in my, and obviously when you're unmarried, you can, you can do things like that. Um, uh, where it was, I would, I would go for a week I you know from Monday to Sunday and then I would unpack I would get back on Sunday night and then I'd have a flight the next morning to go somewhere else and hmm. I was kind of working on that schedule for a very long time and then hmm. I'd probably shoot for 3 weeks and then I'd come back and edit for another 2 weeks like that was kind wow. of my schedule and then I'd they they they'd get a new client in you know New Mexico, and then I'd be off there to shoot. Um, sometimes we'd hire teams out there to to help if it was a bigger shoot. sometimes we'd bring our own folks um kind of depended on and then there's sometimes where we had two shoots at once, and we'd have a, a team go to this place and I would go to this place, and you know we were just kind of managing a lot of those shoots, which was fun I mean like when you're in your early twenties and you're you know traveling a bunch and it's you know you're kind of seeing Parts of the country you've never never right. seen, and yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's great. And you're you know in the process, you're you're you know, and, and a lot of times I would, um, uh, my good friend Stefan, who worked there as a as a project manager, he and I became close friends because we'd be traveling together pretty much nonstop. We'd get into a car, we'd drive to some place to shoot for four days, and you know, in after shoots, you, you're just hanging out with each other, and that's kind of like you know, you're you. When you do that for years, it's like you just are <laughs> You kind of have this shared experience where it's like you know you're sort of in a weird forced bro- friends, almost. weird brotherhood. You know, yeah. it's like we yeah, just go do these bizarre, sometimes bizarre, sometimes they were normal, sometimes they were a little bit weird. You know, in terms of like not the subject, not that we were filming weird stuff. Don't, I mean, not, <laughs> I hear not that, that impression, <laughs> Um <laughs> but you know, it was like things that were just um, you know, we, we, we were doing videos for mining and like, you know, just,
3: yeah. Okay. Now Bizarre, I'm, I, I'm right. going
2: into a hospital, I'm, I'm scrubbing up to film a surgery. And then next, next week I'm going to be, you know, half a mile underground in a, in a cave Slap it's on like, a hard hat. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's yeah, like, that's so cool. And so it's like those kind of things were just, you know, from one week to the next, it was, it was weird, you know? Yeah. But that's what I love about yeah, fun. Yeah. That's like, kind of fun. It just yeah, takes it, all over the place. Uh, yeah. Especially the corporate side, because it's like, you're, you're not, and, and you know most agencies are, are 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 hired. They don't really care what it is. Like yeah, we're gonna. You need a video about you know a uh, uh, mastectomy bra? Sure, yeah, let's uh, we can do that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, no problem. So the
1: whole time you're working in hospitals, you're just writing that short film that you made. <laughs> oh yeah, and then,
2: and a lot of the and there was, uh, what and was obviously that
1: what's that? Uh, the the short film in the hospital that. You, Oh I yeah, guess. I did it. I did one the checkup. The checkup. Yeah, yeah I did uh,
2: one. I did one called the checkup. Um, <laughs> that was sort of based on a lot of the, you know, that kind so of. So that was stuff. just
1: throwing it back to your your you know. I mean, you, your experiences.
2: I, <laughs> I'd say seventy percent of the shoots that I was doing were in hospitals, and wow. it was you know in OR suites and you know filming like hip replacements and like, Ooh. yeah, it's like and, the, and you know I don't there's no if I could do that. It's it's weird at first for sure. There's there's definite. <laughs> Instances where, um, I, I had to like sit down and kind of be like, okay, I'm going take some deep breaths. It's like <laughs> when they start like cauterizing and you're just like, you're like okay, I'm gonna faint, I'm gonna pass out. Uh, is there? A I don't, and I don't want to fall into the, you know, into the, <laughs> into the person, into the hole. Um, so it's like, you know, there'd be times where I'm just like, okay, 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 okay. I need a chair. Like uh, anyone, and I'm, and you know, I'd be like, oh, I just need to get a low angle of the. Uh, you know, and I'm like. <laughs> mi- meanwhile, I'm just kind of like, I'm I'm pasty, you know, oh cold sweat. Um, but that only happened like that was once, and that was that was you know, it wasn't even that bad of a of a uh, of a surgery. It was literally, I think they cauterized something, and the fumes <laughs> made yeah, me lightheaded. It still gets and, to yeah. Yeah. Was, <laughs> um, yeah uh-uh. So um, <laughs> and and then you know, like you, you just never know. And then a lot of times. You know, you're forced to, to uh, if, if the best Western didn't have two rooms, it's like, oh, you're bunking with uh, whoever you're there on the shoot with. It's sure. like, you know, it's that kind of lifestyle. And um, it gets, there's a certain time it's like, I want to be home and just kind of like right. sleep in my own bed. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it kind of teaches you, it's like, we do live in Vermont, right? There's not a lot in terms of like industry and like filmmaking opportunities. So everything that you're going to be doing production wise, um, is going to be out of state. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're, if I like we, we I had a couple like college accounts that I, I managed in, in the state, you know, Vermont, New Hampshire, but pretty much everything else. It's like, you're going yeah out of the Northeast. Um, so you gotta be sort of okay with being able to travel if you want to be in this industry and be a working, um, person in production or or whatever you're doing.
1: So you are working um, for a Vermont agency?
2: Yeah, it was a Vermont agency. Oh, okay. So you and, came back right after college? Uh, yeah, so I interned gotcha. during college, and then they hired me out of college. Right. And um, it was kind of, I mean, the first week we were doing shoots. So it was wow. sort of, you know, nuts. I, I didn't, there wasn't too many months where I was not shooting. Yeah. So again, like being able, being organized with all your gear and like being knowing where things go and being able to, quickly get to something on a on a set or a shoot hugely important so that you know you're not sitting there going like I think we put the back then it was tapes it's like we had <laughs> oh we had my. boxes of tapes um, so it was like DV tapes and then you're you're taking them and then you're you know, you, you got to put them in a special place because if you're going on a flight, you don't want them to go through magnetized. And, you know, that's right. like, and then you lose however many days of footage. You know, there's a lot of risk. It wasn't like digital files. You could be like, I'm going to put it on this drive and this drive and this drive. And I have like backups of everything. Back then it's like, we have a physical tape. If we lose the tape, job's done. Like there's nothing, we got to reschedule a shoot and do it over. Hmm. You know, you've got one copy. And that's where, wow. back then it was like, we, for the longest time I was I was wanting to get, they made basically little, um, um, I guess they're just little hard drives that you could basically digitize onto while you were shooting in the tape. You have like your physical tape and then you, you're, you've got a 500 gig hard drive that you're recording to also. So there was a point in time, a couple of years in where we got one of those and I was like, Oh, cause every single time it, it created so much anxiety yeah. in terms oh of gosh, traveling yeah. with tapes and everything you've just shot over a week. And sometimes two. like we'd be, we'd be shooting for, you know, a while I was in LA for, I think six or seven weeks shooting. Wow. And so you just have, I mean, gigabytes and gigabytes of stuff and you're just, just going through it. It definitely sets you up for if you ever want to do a feature length documentary, a feature length film at all is organizing your footage and, and you know, kind of knowing what to do afterwards. If it's put it on a couple drives, you know, have enough cards, everything Um, you know, that stuff really prepares you for, for doing that when you're actually kind of doing your own thing. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I don't know how we got on back onto that. Well, no,
1: I, I get anxiety (laughs) with three backups on hard drives when I travel. (laughs) I can't even, I can't even
2: imagine
1: that. Yeah, no,
2: it's, it was, it was horrible. And, um, uh, it wasn't until I think a few years in where, where you could, you could get a, a, um, a drive that was able to digitize in real time while you were shooting. Wow. So and then you'd have to unload. You, there was the process of plugging that in and unloading all the footage onto that, and making sure that was all good. And um, filmmaking yeah. sounds like it was really hard. You have no idea. <laughs> I do mean, you, it's, you it's, really
1: don't. I, I really don't. No. I mean, I live. This is
2: like the greatest time to to be involved in this too, because yes. there is just the accessibility is just unbelievable. It's but,
0: funny because they were probably saying that back then, uh,
2: but you're still having to pay so much money for right. i mean cameras back yeah, then yeah, even yeah. for like you know a, a a mini dv camera with with a couple xlr jacks so you can record audio was you know it was a lot of money hmm. um, and now you can get like basically that same thing for a fraction of the price and you yeah. can get into it i mean fairly inexpensively um and have a pretty decent setup for sure, yeah. You know, I mean, like, every, the lights now are LED. Like, you could change mm-hmm. color temperatures. You don't have to change. I mean, like, <laughs> white balancing is sort of like I guess if you know you can do it, but you can like warm things up with just like a light and you know those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, always have to white balance. Take your <laughs> readings, people. I'm not saying let the lights do it <laughs> for you. Um, but yeah, so like, you know that that it was cool to kind of come up in in that cross from analog to digital. I mean, pretty much in that, in that 15 years was sort of like it, it went from, you know, an $80,000 beta SP camera to you know, like, you could pretty much get into this with a, and shoot amazing stuff with a $500 black magic pocket cinema camera, I guess. Yeah. Like, right. And, and shoot incredible footage from that, that has 14 stops at dynamic range. Like, one of those, <laughs> didn't you? Oh yeah. Like I, that was like, I, we shot a lot of the documentary on that cause we had a ton of low light, um, shots that we were doing. Is that good in low light? Uh, well, we were using a, I had a Voigtlander like 0.9 F F 0.9 lens. Oh, Holy crap. So really, really fast.
1: <laughs> I didn't know those existed.
2: Uh, they do. And it's a, it's a phenomenal lens. Um, but like if you're, the fact is, is that like when you're shooting in like really like darkness and you're, you've got like headlamps as the, as the light source it's in any other camera, the, the, you know, the, 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 dark, the black colors are just going to be sort of just grainy and gross. Yeah. And whereas, you know, when that camera came out, it was sort of like you could get into that look for mm. two grand. Wow. And all the, you know, the, the fact is you could just basically, you know, in post-production really crank, um, you know, your your different channels and, and get a lot more out of the footage. There was just so much more information there in like the darkness, you could just even like brighten it up. and be like, oh yeah, there's something, there's trees in the back that you could see in the, mm. you know, in the footage. And right, it's just right, like right. capturing it when you can't see it. Wow. Um, so, so that was definitely a, you know, kind of one of those things when you start to get out of those cameras that are basically fixed lenses and you're just shooting with like a, you know, you, depth of field was never really like, you didn't really get into that until, you know, the DSLR hmm. craze started, you know.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You said
0: working with an agency is kind of the corporate track. Uh, is that a good career or is that kind of an entry level job? What you were doing, traveling around, shooting, editing.
2: I mean, it's um, it, if you want to make money, you, you should know how to shoot all kinds of different things because, you know, people are going to hire you and they're going to want to, um, you know, they have they're going to hire you to make a video or a something about whatever product or service you're, you know, you're trying to sell. So having the, the flexibility to, to be able to do all kinds of different things, I think is a good skill to have, especially when you are trying to make money in this, in this, cause you're not going to be like, I make uh, videos about lawnmowers and that's it. Yeah, it's like, you're right. not going <laughs> to get that many gigs right. doing that. It's like, you need to be able to shoot everything and shoot it well and edit it well. And you know, so to have your, skills, doing all kinds of stuff is, is hugely important. Um, but again, it's not an easy, it's not an easy industry to, to be involved in, in, especially in the Northeast, you know, outside of Boston, like you can, you can get a lot of, you know, good video jobs out of Boston and stuff, but when you're sort of more up here and, you know, you're kind of away from everything, um, you know, the tendency is for most people to go with bigger agencies that have, you know, the ability to go and shoot, Lots of different things they've got a, a bigger portfolio than you, so working at that and making making um, an effort to be sure you can you know be as broad in, in terms of your services as, as possible is is huge um, you know I've been hired on sets where I'm literally just doing lighting like i'm just like a grip hmm. and you know and doing that kind of stuff. The fact that you know how to do that i mean you're you're basically you're gonna you're gonna be able to do something in that in that industry. One more skill in the Yeah, it's just kit. one more one more skill you can do if you can if you could do that, if you can hold a boom mic, if you know kind of where shadows are being cast, that kind of stuff is 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 uh hugely important. So
1: mm-hmm. so when did Hammer
2: and Saw come into come into the world? <laughs> so that came into the world um <clears throat> in the I think two thousand seven, eight, something like that. Okay. So, um, a guy I had known, um, from college, Mike Mooney, um, very talented guy. Um, he was, uh, he was actually also involved in a, in a, um, uh, like a sketch comedy group out of New Hampshire. And so he had seen, I think some of the stuff we, my friend Asher and I were doing, and i had seen some of the stuff that he was doing. And so we had just talked casually about, um, you know, about sketch comedy filmmaking, he had, they had made a, like a feature length movie of I uh, a 60 minute, um, feature of this sketch thing where it was like a, it was like a, Oh, that's a three act, you know, thing you're doing here. That's pretty cool. you know, you're, they were doing like two, three minute videos. Um, and, um, but anyways, our, our paths had crossed and a lot of that, that stuff. And then I think it was a, um, I had gone back for some kind of a event at the college and I think we had connected that, that way and he had stopped doing stuff with his sketch thing and I was doing more of the corporate side of stuff, but I was, I was wanting to get back into doing some more kind of narrative type things that I, either I had written or that I was, that I liked versus, you know, doing surgeries, uh, you know, that <laughs> that gets old I, after a while. So he and I had connected and were like, Hey, um, we should, we should do something, you know, we're both sort of wanting to do um, creative stuff. Uh, so uh, I think the idea was, let's, let's try to do a short film. And I had written this short film um, with a friend of mine, Asher. Um, and it was Motel, which was the first short film that I, I made. Uh, so I, I sent the script to, to Mike, and he's like, yeah, let's do it um and it was again it's like finding people like that who are just like yeah yeah why mm-hmm. why let's do it because you meet a lot of people especially in this profession who are very uh, i don't know should
3: mm-hmm.
2: i think this is gonna fail i think this is gonna be bad i think you know there's a lot of people who are just like downers and it's just like who cares like why <laughs> like mm-hmm. we're gonna spend a couple hundred bucks on this to like hire a sound guy and, and kind of get this thing right it, you know as right as we can get it but who cares if it's you know it's I'm sure it's probably not going to be that good, but you know, it's finding people like that. And he was one of those people who, um, you know, was, was like, yeah, uh, let's do it. Hmm. And you don't find those people very often who are just like, yeah, how about next weekend? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, right. you exactly. have people who are just like, well, I got this, I got that. I got, you know, I mm-hmm. got a job and I got to pay for this. And it's like back then when you're in your twenties or you, you know, you're not you're not paying mortgages, and you know have kids. It's a lot easier to just be like, yeah, let's go find a location and shoot this thing in two days, um, which is exactly what we did. <laughs> so we went out, like literally the uh, very soon after, and we scouted locations and and found a, a location where the guy was um, uh, had allowed us to shoot overnight. We had we had during the day and then overnight, and we had to be done by the next morning because um, it was his. It was Super Bowl Sunday, so he's like, "There's not going to be a lot of people at the motel." So you know, there's usually like one guy who gets kicked out of his of his house for being you know too loud or drunk, and his wife kicks him out, and he stays in the motel. But <laughs> okay. he's like, yeah, "Other than that, I think it should be pretty pretty good." Pretty mellow, um, yeah. So we ended up uh, we ended up shooting it. It was we had three the cast of three, uh, and then a sound guy and me, and that was it. Was so it was a uh, five oh, wow. people including the the, the cast. Um, and obviously, you know, the, everyone was helping out, doing everything, lugging and right. tugging gear and stuff. Um, but everything was very simply set up. There was like, you know, we'd have like one light, like everything was very kind of, it was a dark sort of goofy movie anyway. So um, we kind of wanted to use the the space as it was. Um, so yeah, so we, we spent, uh, we, we ended up casting um, another local actor and I had a, my friend, our friend Ben Watts, um, you know, joined joined the cast, and so we had three cast members and and shot it, and it ended up. Uh, you know, we found it funny, mm-hmm. um, and it got mixed reviews. Uh, did it really? It. I mean, people. I think they just didn't get it. I. It's not that they didn't get it. It's just you know, it was not there <laughs> I wasn't did not that get much. It. It was pretty funny. <laughs> there was not that much going on in it. It was. Just, it was sort right, of like yeah. the, the repetition of it. I think was what bothered some people. I and there's, see. But, anyways, it was honestly. The
1: repetition was the whole point. Well, honestly, like like,
2: writing it, it was like I don't want to have this thing shot in a million locations. Like the worst thing you could do as a as a person, a young filmmaker or writer, is to write this this sprawling script that is impossible to to film. Like, wait, did
1: you what? Were all the motels one hotel?
2: Of course, yeah. Actually, no we way, the Seriously? same exact room. Yeah. Oh, well, well, I know that, but like the exteriors and stuff. I, uh, I think I might have gone out and shot some exteriors. Okay, because I was like, "There's no way you made them all look different." The whole the inside was like the you right. know, They were going into three different. Anyways, it was well. That's the um, whole.
1: That's the whole. That's why it's freaking hilarious. Well,
2: and <laughs> and it, it, honestly, it was just a for us. It was sort of like the lab rat film that we wanted to make to be like we like. I know. I knew Mike could act I you know we got people who were capable to be on on screen and ended up being great mm-hmm. um you know I it was mainly just like okay do I have can can I you know cut the script up and and block it and kind of film it as you should and and have it be successful and can we do it in you know six hours <laughs> you know yeah, it was so like you that was it. the big wow. thing it's like I got a 14 page script we gotta we gotta pretty much just <laughs> plow through this thing and mm-hmm. you know but again planning the day was like you know we got to shoot we have so much daylight and then we got to shoot the nighttime shot and so obviously we had to we had to make sure that all that stuff was planned and scheduled so that we weren't we weren't going to be you know sitting there the next morning being like we have to come back tomorrow night and do pickup shots or things like that we needed to make sure that we captured everything and and did it um, in one location. Like that was, that was the whole thing.
1: Yeah. So that was basically the first short, short film. That That was the first
2: short film we made. Um, wow. And we, and the, and the other cool thing is that we were able to, um, take it around to film festivals. It, you know, it, it won a bunch of best of fest fest, uh, film festival awards. And, you know, it was, it was kind of one of those things where you, when you, um, are done with the film and you show it to people, just getting the feedback from other people, Um, Not just audience members, but other people who are in the industry Mm -hmm. um, is is very important because obviously it's not fun to hear that I didn't like this part or this could have worked better or you know right. But to 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 have people um, you know tell that to you as like criticisms of your film to be like okay next time you know do this. Like I I remember um, the sound guy that I hired um, you know talked to me about. About mastering the the audio because mm-hmm. with the first couple of film festivals, I had mixed it kind of how oh, I, I thought yeah. it sounded okay in my speakers, but it was a little too hot on one channel, and and so in a theater environment, it translates differently. So right. there were some lines I couldn't hear because there were more to one channel, and and mm-hmm. so you know he was like, you know, send it to me and, and I'll and I'll remix it. But like one of the things you got to really you got to really be mindful of is like when you're finished and you've, you know, you locked the edit, the audio needs to, someone needs to come in and, and, you know, sweeten the audio and kind of, you know, make, make it work in a theater setting because it's going to be a different coming out of your computer or laptop than, than it is coming through a, a huge sound system. Right. So that was kind of one of those things you're like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. Again, I didn't need to go to film school to, to learn that. I just need to make a film and have some areas of it be lacking and someone tell me and okay, great. That's, that's going in the, you know, post-production budget. Lesson learned.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So Uh, what I love about motel though, is it,
2: it, it's a very doable story.
1: So mm -hmm. like,
2: um, like one character played three people (laughs) and yeah, so it's like you, you, you can create, um, different different worlds with a very simple setting and well that that's kind of the whole idea
1: well that's i just think that's where a lot of people get stuck is where like a lot of people will write these incredible stories but i mean I, you're not you can't shoot the avengers right right I, so it's um and a lot of people get stuck of where it's like oh well i'll make this when i can instead of just writing something that you can make now
2: yeah it's like if i can only get Two hundred fifty thousand dollars, I can make my movie. Right? Yeah. Well, so it's going to happen.
1: So obviously, this is still—I mean, small budget for filmmaking, but it's kind of big budget. It's like, have you seen Get Out? Oh yeah. I mean, that was like the. It must have been so easy to one location, like Mm -hmm. you know, it's a house and an apartment or whatever.
2: Well, I mean, like there's a lot of movies that kind of utilize that. I mean, like there's a movie called Cube. I don't know if you've ever seen Cube, but it's it's a horror movie um where these people are in a cube and they don't know how to get out or what to do and so the there's again
1: yeah but it's just like I love I love get out for a lot of reasons but yeah. one it was just like it looked very achievable to make yeah. super low budget they oh, only yeah. spent like a couple hundred thousand dollars on it is that right yeah wow well well think about it. i mean they had cast and crew and you know, they probably re- f- rented a house or whatever on a lake and, yeah. and it made a whole heck of a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. Because I think it was the best movie of that year or whatever year that was. But cause I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of sick of like the ser- superhero movies. Cause oh it's gosh. just like, they're always going to go make money. So it's like, why do you like another Batman? Guys, another one? Like, the trailer came out yesterday. Remake. Another Batman?
2: But isn't Michael <laughs> Keaton supposed to be in that one? Oh, I don't know. I think they... I, I heard something about that, so I'm like, okay, maybe I can get by that. But, but it's just like... I, I mean, don't know. It's I I haven't kept up with the Marvel Universe. There's like 900 movies, and it's like... I have a well, good friend Batman's of mine. DC, but... I, I, or, or like... I, uh, <laughs> yeah, or the, the, the Avengers one. Yeah, I, I never like. I never
1: watched, really. I mean, I, I watched Thor Ragnarok for the first time recently. Yeah. It was actually... Frickin I've hilarious. heard I've heard there's some but, great
2: there's some great movies in that in in those and some not so great but yeah but they're very much like they're just yeah
1: again people and were, again. People no, were yeah, crying
2: at the end of the last uh Avengers movie so that's true it was like uh, that was a big deal people were getting emotional that's true so it was like the, it's the schindler's <laughs> list of the uh 2018 20, 20, 2019 20 I don't know but whatever it yeah was. I, it's those movies don't really uh, I don't resonate to those movies as much. I, I can appreciate them for what they are. And, you know, if I was maybe younger, I guess I'd probably be totally into them. and They just right you know, do it for me. I mean. Well, yeah, I mean,
1: they're just like, they're just,
2: they're superhero movies. What else can you say, you know? I mean, they're basically animated movies. I mean, like, they're not True. movies in a sense that they, I mean, like, okay. there's very little on location shooting. It's all blue and green screen.
1: Filmmaking movies. wise, they are
2: incredible. Yeah.
1: Like, don't get me wrong
2: but they are animated movies a lot of times but, yeah. like there's not a lot of i mean yeah like the the
1: the for lack of a better word the incredibleness of some of those movies <laughs> is incredible <Yeah. laughs> but it's like uh I, yeah i don't know um they're just i'm not a big superhero movie guy yeah
2: but. i um i'm go i'm moving in the opposite direction in terms of like in terms of all that like mm. in terms of special effects and things like that i i sort of going into I mean, I like I like super raw indie movies. Yeah, a little bit more because hmm. I look at it as a filmmaker and not so much as like a like a audience members. I mean, I do, I, but I, I definitely think of it more as like, oh, how did they make that? Or like, where do they right. That seems like yeah. a like a good choice as for a director in terms of like keeping the budget down. Like, I definitely sure. think in that, that yeah, mindset. Yeah, I, I can relate a lot. But um, yeah, um, you look antsy over there.
0: Antsy? No.
1: You look antsy. You have your pen in your hand. Mm. That typically means that you have oh, something to say. Notes. That just
0: means I'm always fiddling. Uh, no, I'm I'm just uh, listening, thinking of next questions, and like I haven't watched some of these movies. Like oh, I, right. I could care less about. Dude, you gotta watch Get Out. Whatever. You gotta
2: watch Get um, Out. Yeah, Get Out's a good. Great movie. I'll, I'll write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Make a note. Make it
1: <laughs> Use your pen, bro. Watch um, Get Out. Yeah. So what was? hammer and saw was that you just like we just made a name
2: yeah it was sort of like you know we had we had a um you know film under our belts okay we gotta have like a production company that's behind this thing and it was two people um but uh yeah i mean we we ended up following up that with a with a horror movie that um that i wrote with uh that was based off of my friend asher's short story which one was that exit 7a oh yeah was, dude that one was sick so that one was was his short <laughs> the trailer story. for that was amazing oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. i can't remember the trailer i loved the trailer oh, well, really?
1: it was just so like i was like who thinks of that <laughs> it was awesome
2: yeah i mean that's the thing it you know asher gave me the um the short story that he wrote um and i read it i'm like oh this would be an awesome short film because mm. uh, for the same exact reason. Like it's in a car. Like the whole thing is like this guy picks up a hitchhiker and it's filmed in a car. So right. it's like 90% of the movie takes place like in inside of a car. I'm like, first of all, great for budget. Like we don't really right. need much yeah. of a set. We are pretty much lighting wise. We're going to do it in the day and we can, you know, we can natural light is fine. Mm-hmm. But also it's like, can we make that interesting? Can we make the dialogue be able to be sustained in a car? Right. Between it was two was very people? heavy dialogue. Yeah. So, that was kind of another thing. It's like, let's, so he and I sat down and we, we, um, uh, wrote the kind of the, we adapted it and changed a lot of it, a lot of it from the short story, Hmm. um, different ending. Like there was, there was, you know, things that we worked on and we got it to the point where we were like, all right, this, uh, I think this is, this is pretty cool. And it's a departure. It's not a comedy. It's a, you know, it's a different genre. Um, so it was sort of like, and, and I love the horror genre, Um, you know, growing up, I was, I was definitely a, you know, really uh, some of my favorite movies, um, are horror movies. So, um, to, to kind of try one was, was kind of what I was looking, looking at. Um, and I think that was, yeah, 2009, 10, something like that. Yeah. That we made that. And so, uh, and so I had to, of figure out how do we rig up a car to film, you know, mounting cameras and things like that. So there yeah, was all that, that kind of fun. yeah. There was like that was the tech side of you know, getting a suction cup mounting kit and uh, mounting the SLR on there and trying to record audio inside the car. We had a sound guy who was in the way back, and I was under, I was hiding beneath the seat, so I was in there watching all the takes on a monitor, you know. So I'd be like, okay, oh, and great. then we just ride this. Same road, like wow. back and forth, like the one ro- the one long road that we shot the film on, we just kind of went up and down this thing, and you know they do their, the scene, yeah, and there's th- you know four of us the two in the front seat, and I was in the back seat, just hunched
1: underneath yeah, a, the, underneath way, the right? blanket, right.
2: yeah, and, and just like watching a little tiny monitor That's and, awesome. and you know I'd say, okay, cut, 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 cut now, we got to go back and do it, and i 'm just a voice from under the seat like, talking <laughs> to everyone um, yeah, and so. And then we we finished up the rest of the, the movie in, in different um, a couple different locations.
1: Was Did that but, make a festival run?
2: It did, yeah. And, um, you know, it did pretty well. I think it was, you know, evident that there was a lot of stuff we learned in the first one mm-hmm. um, that we were able to really kind of get right in this. Um, yeah, and it did really well uh, in the festival circuit. Um, and, you know, we were able to go to different film festivals because it was a genre movie and it was more horror we went to a lot of horror f- film festivals. And mm. so kind of getting in with that crowd is a, it, I mean, a completely different breed of film fans, you know, right. horror film fans are, are kind of like if you go to like a comic book convention, it's like sort mm-hmm. of like they're just live and breathe mm. horror movies. And um, so you get like, you get a lot of feedback from horror fans about your movie. Cause it's like, if they, they live and breathe this stuff, they're going to be, they want to talk all about this and you know and then you you go to these film festivals and a lot of times you do see those movies that they wrote it and it was a big like a big idea like in their minds and it just was too big for like a low budget movie to be doable and you're like watching a lot of these things being like that's why we shot it in one location you know that's mm-hmm. why we did because it, it's mm-hmm. just you could tell it, when when a movie is is low budget when they st- when the ideas are are moving faster than they can film them are you <laughs> yeah. like
1: trying to what's in your head making these short films is this just for fun still or are you like i want to make movies
2: i think both i mean yeah. like if okay. it's if it's f- it it would be tough if you're not having fun with it um because yeah. i can't imagine it uh lasting too long if you're not enjoying the process of making it um and it's just also the challenge of of taking uh, a script or something like that and kind of visualizing it. Cause like when I'm reading it, like I'm, I'm going, okay, these are the shots that I'm seeing right now and storyboarding it and kind of understanding, you know, what, what it could be and, and, and the visuals and the aesthetic and things like that. And then you're like, okay, this is the kind of score I'm thinking of. Cause you're starting to put this movie together in your head. Mm. Um, and I think when you're, when you're doing that, it's, it starts to become really a lot of fun. Cause then you're just mm. like, you you know exactly what you're doing and you're just excited to like okay I know how, I know the setup I I want um and it's just about going out and, and executing it and kind of when you get it you're like oh that's going to be great yeah. you know I had a, a a scene in that when we were doing when you we were writing it I'm like okay I know exactly how this is, this scene's going to play out and it was this um kind of a single take um steady cam shot from like from the car to the front door and turning around and there was like it was a longer shot for them for what I'm used to and doing it the whole thing on a, on a steady cam. like not a movie mm-hmm. back then it was a, you put the whole thing on and you had the, the yeah, giant not, uh, double arm yeah. spring <laughs> and you're waiting it and it's, you know, you're, you're walking around with a really, really heavy camera rig on. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, but when you're reading it, you're kind of like figuring all that stuff out. And I think the, what I really enjoyed of the process was kind of, was storyboarding it and kind of, getting it in my head but then going out and and shooting it
1: so i have a confession to make i copied exit 7a in high school did you oh yeah it was (laughs) awesome it was so much fun and it was actually pretty funny because it was one of those things where we shot it and then i was like holy crap this is exit 7a like i
2: like i just nonchalantly Uh, wrote the whole thing i think i did you either send it to me or this was a this was years ago right oh yeah I, I, i was
1: probably a junior okay so five years i do remember seeing year. a lot
2: of uh a lot of the stuff and i remember watching it and and definitely being like oh this is a this is mean, this, 7a no i didn't know not that it was exit <laughs> 7a but like okay this is you know it's got a cool feel to it and it's you know the aesthetic
1: yeah well, um, well, it, i just love the idea and i don't want to like i kind of don't want to spoil what's happening in it <laughs> if anybody <laughs> listens to this and wants to go watch it yeah but i just loved the concept it was just uh, having that person next to you. You know, it was just, oh, it's so good.
2: Yeah, it was a, it was definitely one. And obviously the, you know, Asher's original idea, you know, was, was one that I read it and being like, oh, it's so cool. Like it's yeah, such a great, it's, you it's know, a idea. And, a, a, um, and, and I still read a lot of, um, so my friend Asher is an author, a horror author. So he writes, um, like not, you know, full, full novels, mm-hmm. um, purely horror genre. um, but like, just the idea is, I think when you're when you're thinking in that kind of mindset, and you know, you're reading a lot of horror, you kind of can go in such different directions than you normally would if you're, you know, writing some, some other genre. A blast. Well, right, exactly. Because there's so <laughs> you much. You do whatever. Messed well, up you have crap so much latitude in your head. to like right. to move in. It's like there could anything could happen. It's a horror movie. Yeah. You know.
1: <laughs> you know exactly.
2: Lovecraft it's like yo it's had new dimensions okay yeah well, it's a horror
1: it's like they switch their brains and, yeah. it, and like when you're watching the movie you're like oh, that makes sense and then the movie ends you're like wait that would never work. well he's
2: got a really <laughs> cool I mean a, a unique voice in horror right now like just to you know a lot of his movies Jordan Peele. yeah so yeah. like his just the the movies that you're seeing um and a lot of the stuff that you're seeing out of like a24. Very much that they're bringing back a lot of the the mood of horror and mm. not so much like the slasher blood and gore stuff. Right. But there's a lot of A24 is one of these companies that's making a lot of very subtle horror movies, hmm. like psychological horror movies, um, uh, and and movies that I, I think probably would be more apt for the 70s, <laughs> um, like Midsummer, like the you know those kind of two and a half hour long horror movies are just like first of all horror. For a while, is supposed to be, you know, eighty minutes, and you know you're walking out after just finishing your popcorn, and it's like, you know, the the knife wielding maniac is dead. Uh, now it's like you've got two and a half hours, and they just they they're they're setting up this this uh, this incredible mood, and it's mm. much more of a of the the tempos are are changing a lot in the horror genre, I think, yeah. to be a little bit more of a n- novel. Kind of uh, kind of style
1: yeah huh, interesting, yeah you're, you're, you're making me want to make a short film, so bad, dude, I <laughs> yeah. miss those days. Like, I, I, yeah, those I are mean, my high school days where sure. it was like we would just sit in class and write something and then go make the thing. It was a blast, yeah, and it's like now it's like I'm like, you know I look at some of the tools that we have available to us and the people that I know, and I'm like, man, it would be so fun to make something. My problem is I can't write to save my life. yeah, I'm a terrible writer. It just doesn't work, it, 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 which is weird because I, I grew up, I loved writing when oh yeah? I was a kid. Um, but it just kind of like fell apart when when oh. all the, in, in, like basically when you're going through English class in like middle school is where it fell apart because I'm like, <laughs> I don't, why are you making this so hard for me? You know, like literally I was like, I love just writing these crazy stories. And then when they threw all the stuff like, oh, this is not how you wri- write this sentence. I'm like. Why? This <laughs> like this was a great story. Yeah.
2: No. I mean, I, um, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things, especially in sort of the film world where it's like you need to there needs to be this happens and then this happens, you know right. the beats need to be there or else it's not going to be good. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I remember in college we learned we had a screenplay course um, and I think we were shown like Die Hard and and Home Alone and like movies that and both movies that I love. Um, but the whole idea was like, this is the formula to make a movie. I think it was like everyone was pushing. There's a formula that you, you know, that things need to happen in a certain time in a script. And if they don't meet that, then it's never going to be good. But then, you know, I think there's a lot of filmmakers out there and a lot of writers who kind of think completely out of the box in terms of like how, how movies are structured. Like, um, I can't forget. Oh, Oh, the, uh, what is it? Kaufman? Uh, yeah, the Being John Malkovich. You never saw Being John Malkovich? I don't think so. Oh, my gosh. No? Okay. <laughs> no. Being John Malkovich. It's a good... Uh, you should watch it.
1: I don't even know if I've heard of it. Really? Yeah. When did it come out?
2: I think 99, something like that, okay. late 90s. Yeah, and uh, it's got a lot of great great actors in it. Huh. Yeah. It's a um, Charlie Kaufman. Andy Charlie Kaufman down. is the... <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Kaufman is the guy who who's the writer, but he's known for making these movies that just are sort of are kind of out there um, just in scope in the story. It's they're just kind of bonkers, which are it's good. Check it out. It's uh, absolutely it's great.
1: Absolutely. I'm going to switch gears quickly. So unless you have something. Uh, no. Oh, are you sure?
0: Yeah. Okay. Except like, it's funny. We we're talking about making remakes of what, like maybe you've done before just because you could do it better now. My buddy Warren and I did the same thing back in seventh grade. Oh, no way. Yeah, it was uh, Harold McNerald. This guy... The movie he's talking about? No. (laughs) No, no, it it, it was kind of horror-ish where he, you know... It was a pumpkin, but he got kidnapped, and it was this evil scientist guy <laughs> yeah. that lived in a trailer. Actually, the, the old camper we got from your family. Oh my gosh. I <laughs> yes, that we, thing. we made that back in seventh grade. Whole chase sequence. Yeah. Ended up doing it year after year. We had three parts, like 20 minute short films. Whoa.
2: Yeah. Wow. That's uh, yeah, gutsy. Yeah.
0: So, you know, seventh, Dang. eighth, ninth grade is what you, what you do. So, uh, Wait,
2: so are you guys the same age?
1: No, no, he's five years older than
2: me. Oh, five years older. Yeah. Okay, wait, so how old are you? I'm 21. 21. Oh, okay.
1: You're 26, right? Six, seven,
0: seven. I think I'm seven. Oh, really? I,
2: what are, I don't know how old yeah. you are. Wow, you're already losing it, man. <laughs> <still, laughs> you're too early. I still well, right, seven 20 years younger than you think you are right now.
1: So, right <laughs> <laughs> um, so my adaptation of Exit 7A was the same idea of, of the hitchhiking thing.
2: It was in a house. It was in this, it, Right. No, that's a, of, oh, okay. that's a different one. Oh, okay. I'm thinking one. of a different one then.
1: That's actually funny because I watched that last night after talking to my high school film teacher. Oh, I went back okay. and looked at it. But um
2: So <laughs> I remember it was a horror movie, right?
1: That that was that was that was not Exit Seven Okay. That one was my favorite thing. I, I can't watch it now. Cause I just cringe, but that was <laughs> yeah. a, that was with the doll. Do you remember the doll?
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's what you're thinking Okay, of. that's what I'm that thinking. That was of. a twenty two minute I mean for for Oh. I think that was my sophomore year of high school or something like that. Um oh. But so anyway, I made this, you know, I took the idea of the hitchhiking and then they drove someplace and then something happened where I tried to do the conversation, but my dialogue just fell apart. It was terrible. That's what ruined it. But basically how it ended is, you know, the person who was the driver um, in exit seven a, like couldn't get their car started or whatever, so called an Uber and then that other person was the Uber uh, driver. So that's kind of how we twist. That's how we spun <laughs> off it. Um, it was a really cool last shot to reveal it. And then oh, yeah. we just cut it. But um, man, I've made a short film. So what came first, the documentary or the coffee?
2: Uh, documentary. Okay. So let's talk yeah, about the, the documentary. Yeah, that's right. Coffee.
1: Uh, what um, do you mean? That's right. <laughs> Didn't that take, how many years of that did you do? the coffee it's still
2: going well so it's 20 50 okay so we'll talk about (laughs) let's talk about uh going going into the feature right so so that was uh well we have made two two additional shorts in between the exit 7a and the the, uh, so there's
1: checkup and what's the other one uh
2: it's not not safe so basically oh that's
1: right there was
2: a um we had written Um, Someone had gotten in touch with me from my old college and said we're doing a um, alumni are writing uh, one act plays and we're going to put them on as a as one big show. Um, So if you do you want to write something that will be you know incorporated into this you know ninety minute one act play festival? Mm -hmm. So I said okay. Um, So I wrote one and that was the checkup, and then Mike wrote the other one. It's not not safe. And so what we did was we we talked to the. Uh, the head of the department and um, basically said, Hey, why don't we do this? How about uh, we have students write plays and put them on as a show. And then we'll film the plays that the students wrote as, and we'll do it every year. So we ended up doing this, um, you know, for a couple of years and then students took over and kind of did it to the, the, their, you know, group of friends. Um, So we started it. uh, And those were the two films that came out of, came out of that um Hmm. effort which was fun because we basically had to you know we we made these two short films and adapted them from our our stage plays and the actors in the stage play were in the movie oh nice so and then we we had a festival where we we screened them dude Um, the checkup was hilarious so we did so yeah so that one have
1: you seen that one i have but been a while since it came out. Yeah, yeah. I and, just remember it being hilarious. And, and that, that was, was a baby genitals one, right? Yeah, that
2: was, the, that was right. That's, that's, uh, you're correct. And I'm sure out of context that much sound is strange. Trust me, uh, In it, context,
1: it is. It is still strange. But. Um,
2: yeah, so that was, yeah, so a guy basically goes into a doctor's office and, you know, he's he's got like, you know, some mild symptoms of something because he's a hypochondriac. And then they inform him that he, he has his baby genitals still, and they need to fall off in order for his adult pair to grow in and so he's and it's all it, these these doctors are diagnosing him with these crazy strange illnesses it's awesome and he doesn't know it, so he starts to have like a anxiety attack and uh but that was that was again a uh one of those that I'm sure was inspired by being in in hospitals for many many years and filming stuff a hundred percent and uh so yeah, so we filmed those, and that, that was a lot of fun. Then we were like, okay, let's, let's focus on, on doing something that's a little bit bigger. I think we were, you know, we've got a few of these short films under our belt. We could probably you know, go after a, a little bit of a bigger story. Um, and Mike had a friend who went to college. Uh, he was a few years older than me, so um, graduated with Mike. Um, and he had become a, a, an ultra-runner. And so he was training to do these, you know. He started with fifty k's, and then he did fifty milers. Now he was training to do a hundred miler. And we had this idea before, I think, after seven exit seven A, um, to to do a documentary about this guy. And I think what it ended up happening is that we were we were planning on doing it, and then one thing or another happened, and we we couldn't film. Um, And so he he entered the Vermont 100, which is the hundred mile, uh, ultra marathon that, that happens in Vermont. And so he was running that. And so we were like, ah, you know, that would have been, been a cool idea. Um, hmm. but you know, he's going to run it and you know, whatever. And he ends up not finishing because he, I think at like mile 92, he'd like something in his knee burst. <laughs> oh, um, Oh, 92. <laughs> or no, it was, uh, he, he, he sat down, he couldn't stand up. Like there was something where he got like very, wow. very close to the end. Yeah. Um, and so we were like, Oh, okay. Not, I mean, it's horrible, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, maybe we have another shot at making this movie, you know, <laughs> after right. all. Yeah. Um, so we did. So he ends up training, um, starts training pretty much right afterwards. Cause it takes, you know, upwards of a year to, to even train to, to go that far, uh, on your legs. So, um, so we started filming right when he decided to, to do it again and, um, followed him for better part of a year. And, and then it took us about a year to, to edit. That's crazy. And so, <laughs> um, and, and, and basically, uh, it was something completely, the, the thing that I really liked about about kind of the trajectory of films that we were making was that they were kind of different enough from each other that, there, you know, we were trying to do new things and not sort of like make the same movie over and over again. Um, so the idea of doing something narrative and then being like, uh, yeah, let's make a feature length documentary about ultra running. It was not something that yeah. I I was like I love ultra running so I'm gonna make this I not, didn't even know it was a thing, mm. um, but you know the story the idea of it was was more intriguing to me because it's it's not so much like people who love the movie Rocky it's I don't think you really have to love boxing in order to love the movie Rocky Rocky because it's the idea of it is that he's you know he's going the distance you know he's going up against something that he's you know doesn't know if he's gonna you know make it or you know win or whatever it is so you're rooting kind of for the the human spirit part of it and not so much like because you're like oh know what a right hook is or anything like that hmm. um so that part of the of the film really uh kind of resonated with me because i'm like oh what does it take to to do this like what does it take to to train for something like this you know he had at the that time he and i both had infant kids like 6 months not even 6 months olds and you know I'm kind of going out to make this film and he's going out to to train non-stop and and I'm there with him for a lot of it Um, you know it's kind of a uh, an interesting experience because it's uh, I I, was kind of coming up with just the you know the the ideas and the uh, uh, just kind of the scope of the movie as it was it was happening because you know I had to kind of learn what what was going on what ultra running races are, who the people involved are, um, all that stuff, you know, I come in not knowing anything. So, which I think is a good place. Cause it's like, you, you can be a little bit, you can, you know, film stuff that, you, you know, ultra runners would be like, that's not interesting. But to someone who I, I don't know what's going on, you know, hmm. a lot of the audience is not going to know what's going on either, be, unless you, you, right. know, you know, the one you're asking
0: that, the right question, right. showing the right thing.
2: So it's like, what, what's your mindset when you're you know, you're at mile 50 and you're like, I only have 50 more miles to go. What are you, th- are you like, <laughs> what are right. you thinking? I, are you crying? You say that you, to me right. and I'm like, I am like, oh man, what, why am I doing this? Like, yeah, right. and so you start to look at the psychological piece to this. Um, and, you know, it was just a, ended up being a fascinating, uh, character study for me. Hmm. Um, and you know, it, I, I was shooting, um, a lot more footage and having to plan a lot more than I did for the short films, you know, because right. we're, we ended up, uh, I don't know, with hundreds of hours of, of footage that we had to edit down to 90 minutes. And, you know, Mike and I were, were scheduling a lot of the stuff and, you know, doing hundreds of interviews and driving all over the place to meet with these people to, you know, who were, who, you know, a lot of the interviews that we didn't end up using cause there was a lot that we didn't use. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it just you know, it's for some reason, it's it's a weird thing doing a documentary because there is a uh, complete unknown about everything that you're doing. Was this a passion deep. project or a?
1: Oh or yeah, for sure.
2: I, I mean, it was it was a blast to do. I mean, exhausting just right, yeah. in the fact that like I don't know if I want to make a, another documentary ever again. Like I, <laughs> I I think I could probably make this one and be done. <clears throat> um, uh, but just to... just doing it was a, was a blast. And, and um, you know, we, we traveled a a ton for that shooting that. And um, but again, going back to the fact that it's, it's a complete unknown with a narrative. You have a script, you know what the story is, you know how it begins, you know how it ends. I know every single shot before I shoot it. This is just, you know, Mm -hmm. you're, you're jumping off a cliff in the dark and you like, don't know what's underneath. Like that's, Mm -hmm. you are, you are just hoping that you get, an interesting story and you're not wasting a year of your life <laughs> filming something that someone's going to be like, I don't care about that. Why? Mm-hmm. And that the subject matter is compelling and that the, you know, the, the goal is um, you, though you may not understand it in the beginning of the film, you kind of start to understand it as the movie unravels. <clears throat> but that kind of stuff is um, I, this, what I love about documentary filmmaking is, is just the, the vast unknown about what is even going to happen at the end. Like you don't, you don't know an ending. You have yeah. no idea how this is going to end. So it's you're you're literally experiencing your movie as it unfolds in front of you. It's kind of like just all time. It's it's you're like he better freaking yeah. finish this it's race. A, <laughs> it, a, well, and, and again, it's like we had a, a fairly significant talk during like the night before the race and being like, okay, like what, what do we do? You know, we had a you know we rented a lot of equipment for the final um the the race day shooting. We had a, a huge crew with mm-hmm. cameras. Cause we, you know, we had to follow him through a hundred miles of backwoods <laughs> yeah. Vermont. I mean, logistically kind of a nightmare. Yeah. Um, so we had to know we had a map of where everyone needed to be at what time, what his estimated time was when he was going to pull into certain aid stations. And mm-hmm. so we had crews stationed and, you know, I was kind of floating between everything trying to, you know, and, and Mike was, was, we're on walkie talkies, we're on cell phones trying to communicate with people. And you're in, you're in, in God's country in Vermont you're not getting to, you know cell reception it's like right. there's nothing really you can do it's like you just need to be like this is the time you need to be here hmm. um so and again you have to have conversations what 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 do we do like okay so we filmed almost all of this stuff you know what do we do in, in the event that you know he doesn't finish or so right. you have to kind of plan and like do we do we have to spend another? Do we have to wait another year to to film next year? Or like, what do we do? Right. Um, but again, it's that's the exciting part about documentary filmmaking is that you're just a lot of times you you don't know what you're shooting when you shoot it, and then you watch it and you're like, oh wow, that's a really interesting point. It fits really well yeah. with what this person's saying, and you know the movie starts to be made as you you're making it, right. and you know there's um, there's tricks on how to make. Make scenes a little bit more um, dynamic and interesting and compelling, um, but you're just relying on interview questions and people to give good responses and to get compelling b roll footage and you know stuff like that and and to do it so that it's not uh apparent that you're in the room with them that's the mm-hmm. hardest part is like people mm-hmm. being kind of freaked out by a camera mm-hmm. when you're kind of following them around in a house or following them around outside or wherever you are at other races and just like you know, having them act normally in their environment without being too preoccupied with oh, there's a camera on me. And, you
1: know. Right. So, how are you making money during this year? Oh no,
2: I mean, I, I'm. So
1: you're working just in
2: production yeah, somewhere was, else? Um, at that point, I was kind of transitioning, but I was doing my own my own stuff. So I wow. was. Um, so this I was your sort free of time. A, I sort of a luxury in that I had you know I had accounts of my own that I was shooting at that point. Um, so I had, you know, time free where I could be, I could take some time off during, you know, during a week and also use my evenings to edit everything. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a, I remember it was a you know, fiscally a tough, uh, <laughs> year for sure, because it was, you know, I, i put a lot of effort into the documentary, you know, not so much effort into the other stuff to make money. So and there it was, was,
1: what's that? And you have like a newborn kid.
2: And that, and that was another stressor. Again, it's not, it's not the easiest. I'm not saying it's uh right. it's easy and that uh, all of your painstaking work will be worth it because it's, you know, it's, you're making a movie. Trust that me, honey,
0: this doc's going to pay off.
2: Yeah, it's, <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh no, we're going to be, believe me, they're going to be calling me after this. Uh, yeah, that I mean, you can guarantee that's not going to happen. I mean, yeah. um, very seldom do you get like, um, you know, any kind of, deal or anything like that it's not mm. I mean you can pretty much guarantee that's not going to happen I mean there are instances where it does and that's great but I mean if you're banking on that as like your ticket
0: that's it's, like expecting a video to go viral it's yeah I, a
2: lot of it is luck and a lot of it is you know um, again it's uh, I don't think that's the reason you make movies uh, at least not for me I mean some people will want to make uh, movies with the one intent on, on being making a million dollars, but again, if that's how, if that's what your mindset is going into it, it's going to be a very brutal awakening <laughs> at the end. Right. Sure. Yeah.
0: What's your mindset on editing when you have hundreds of hours of media and the interviews are wonderful, but you can't include anyone every with everything. Oh,
2: I mean, the first cut of the movie is like five and a half hours long. Like it's like <laughs> honestly, it's like it is a. Man, you can't you're basically putting the best stuff in your first cut and the first cut you know if it's a documentary is going to be it's like oh maybe we should make this a two-part documentary
0: <laughs> you know, yeah, you know? Yeah, but yeah. no it's like you, you and then you just keep trimming and then trimming, you just keep on being
2: like that's not important that's not important and then your story starts to really take shape it's like you're kind of yeah. just like sculpting this this statue when you're just kind of like,
1: honestly my favorite part
2: I, I it is mine too i spent <laughs> I, again I, I don't even know it's got to be under 90 minutes. The hundreds of hours I spent just, I mean, and then when you're, when you're, you know, in a, in a spot where you can't move, I'm just going to go back and watch more interviews and, you know, literally just sitting there like watching interviews of, mm. of people talking and, you're, and then you're like, okay, there it is. I, there's this, there's what I need. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll, that'll fit here. And it'll transition into this part. It, right. Again, it's like an archeological dig. You're basically digging yeah. through all of your stuff to try and, create a compelling story and a compelling narrative, which is not, it's not easy. Uh, you just have to basically be watching and listening and making notes and, you know, keep fairly detailed and good notes and then, you know, be organized when you're, when you're editing. Cause that's like one of the biggest downfalls with an editor is if you, you're doing something with a large scope and, and a lot of footage uh, is keeping track of, of, footage and organizing it yeah because you know especially when you get a timeline that starts to get into you know an hour and a half long hours (laughs) right cut hours right right (laughs) so uh and then it's like okay I need going through it and literally watching that four hour movie yeah every night and then the next (laughs) night it's three hours and 45 minutes okay we're getting there and then the next (laughs) night it's three and a half hours like you start to just like take chunks of this thing off and then you Get to the point when you you've got a two hour and forty five minute movie. Then you show it to someone and say, "Is there any? Is this compelling?" Because you get to the point where you're watching this stuff so much, right. yeah. you, you forget, uh, you know, kind of what you're doing at a certain point. You're just sort of like, "I think this is good," I right, absolutely. Is that right. does it yeah. make sense? Does this make sense? So yeah, you know the whole story,
1: <laughs> right? It makes sense to yeah. me, but for someone going
2: into this thing. You know, like, not, nah, no, no, nah, this
0: whole section's boring. That's irrelevant.
2: And, and there was, and there was again. It's like when you get criticism. It's like some people being like, "I don't get why this person's saying that." It's like, "Oh yeah, of course you didn't because you, he you didn't there see, for, You didn't right. see that footage that I cut." <laughs> yeah, well, you know, ten drafts ago, that makes that part make sense. It's like, and you're like, "Okay, yeah, 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 yeah I get it." And you start to kind of have to train your own brain to, to look at um, cuts and look at footage from an outside perspective because you can get kind of. You know in your own head about yeah it.
1: See, i find myself doing a lot of like promotional documentary stuff mm-hmm. meaning three minute documentaries basically oh, yeah. and it's great. like it's a blast when we when you get past the first hurdle and the first hurdle for me is like just getting that first story down has always been my to to get a story with you're looking at you know 10 interviews yeah, to build that first story that logically has an arc and makes sense yeah, is like, I, I'm doing it right now on this project and I'm <laughs> sick of it, dude. I am sick of it. And I'm like, I just want the story to work. But then once you get it, then you just, get,
2: then it's fun. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Cause then you, it just, just falls into place as you cut it down. And oh yeah. Oh gosh. I love that. But I'm just not there yet on this thing. And those <laughs> are like two, three minute
2: documentaries. Like you can, there's like so much you can do. in then in that, Space oh, just to make it compelling because um, you're making like a trailer. Basically, you're, yeah, you're like kind a, of making like a like a highlight reel. Highlight reel. Yeah. Um, and I, I again, I probably spent so much time on the trailer to the documentary, like like <laughs> trying to. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to fit hundreds of hours into ninety minutes. Now I have to try to fit that ninety minutes into like two minutes. Right. Exactly. So so going back over the footage and being like taking out the the pieces that make sense that kind of. Shape it to the viewer as to like what it's about, like that's again another challenge altogether. Is trying to, uh, trying to compress that into into such a small space. Trailer editing is is uh, is one of those things that's very very. I I find it difficult hmm. to try to yeah. put put those things together. Yeah. I don't know. It's I can't,
1: man. A <laughs> ninety minute doc. That's. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's, it's not That's hard. It's it's uh, it's again. I I slept at my office several times. Yeah, being like I'm on a roll. I can't. I just needed to have like a nap, or yeah. you know, <laughs> it, again, it's 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 a it's its own marathon. Like it's w- totally its own its own thing.
1: Would you do it again?
2: Um, probably. Really, I think so. With if I had right the right story. right story, like I again, if it's compelling i would be I'd be interested in doing it um, I don't know if I would it's again I don't know it's a it's a two year commitment like it's right. like you're, it's like you're you're signing a, a two-year lease at that point point. Hmm. and it's way expensive sometimes <laughs> For so, sure <laughs> and and you know we we raised our money for the doc on Kickstarter oh okay and uh, so we had you know a little bit to to help out with with making it. Uh, and that's going to like flights and it's or, going to flights, like it's travel going to in general. Rentals, like we rented a lot of equipment, especially for the um, for the race shoot because we needed so many cameras. Right. That, you know, and we were able to get people who were you know who bring their own camera and and then you know I'm left with a uh, 900 formats to <laughs> you know at the end of the at the end of the day I've got SD cards and and someone shooting in 4K and this you know this was right. shooting in so many different. Right. Um things like that that it it got it got the post production got a little bit insane. I mean, Where'd you I, edit that in. Uh it was Final Cut 7. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. That was sort oh, wait, of When did this come out? 2015 14. Oh, okay. Something like that. What yeah.
1: are you are you what are you editing on now?
2: Um so Premiere, primarily. Okay. <laughs> um I never really took the jump to Final Cut X. Yeah. I stayed with 7 and then I transitioned to Premiere because it was much more similar to final cut seven then yeah, that's what I did because I never really it, final cut X seemed a little bit more like iMovie to me. Like it was sort of like mm-hmm. they, they dumbed it down yes. a lot. I, I thought but it's
1: very prosumer.
2: Yeah. I think that's the direction they went in. Um, and I wasn't really comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, so I, I was like, okay, I like Adobe's, you know, suite of, uh, of programs. You know, I use, you know, Photoshop for pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and after effects you know i i i used for all the aerial footage that we were doing cuz the the stabilization software in, in after mm-hmm. effects is really really good mm. um but yeah so premiere is is pretty much what i what i edit in yeah there. yeah wow all in final cut 7 final cut 7 yeah it was a i don't know i had i had a lot of of those heart stopping crashes that were like oh no <laughs> oh uh, did I, I just lose three or four hours of my time uh, you know and sometimes rough. I did like and I'd have to re-edit scenes and it was just like oh so annoying yeah
0: can we talk about coffee
2: sure
0: yeah so you got out of film for a bit
2: yeah or I did think you? I well, I was still I was still um, so mm-hmm. I ended up selling my side of the marketing business and then we started the cold brew coffee company. Um, but I was still doing, um, I had, I had video clients that I was, um, doing work with pretty much to pay bills, um, <laughs> throughout all of the cold. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I had some accounts that I brought over from the other, the agency that we ran, um, and then, uh, kind of got word of mouth. I met a bunch of people through, um the documentary film festivals that we went to um and worked worked a lot with that gotcha. um worked locally for a bunch of people for you know doing promotional videos and things like that uh and yeah and so that was sort of uh keeping me afloat while I was doing the coffee business so I decided let's just uh do a complete 180 uh maybe I, I, the documentary probably uh probably had a little bit to do with that. I'm sure it was sort of like at the end, like none of the coffee was good
1: enough to get the editing done. I (laughs) I
2: was drinking enough of it during that process, uh, honestly. And, um, yeah, it was, I don't know. I, I, I definitely, I'm the kind of person and it's probably not the best tendency, but when I like see something or I want to do something, I just sort of go do it without planning anything like nothing. Like I, I won't really, um, I don't want to say think about it before I do it, but uh, I definitely have impulsive <laughs> tendencies to just be like, "That's a great idea, let's do it." To start a coffee company, yeah,
1: let's just uh, let's do that. Fine, bottled coffee. Well, these are the what people that you want in the filmmaking well, world. I, and, is what and you and were I saying. Think I was so. Taking a lot of that <laughs> in
2: terms of you know yeah yeah let's make a feature length docu- documentary on a sport that I've know nothing about. Sure, <laughs> yeah, here yeah, we I'm go. Great. I'm about it. That's great. A, and you know, luckily I was able to work with people you know in the in the well, you know, doing those films that were like-minded. Um, and so I think that's kind of one of the, the tendencies you need to have in order to do that. A lot of it is sort of like, and then you get a little bit older and you're like, ah, eh, you're a little bit more selective about what you do because you just don't have the energy anymore.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so wait, where were you approached by someone with the idea of cold Brutus or was that a,
2: so we, we had a relationship with, um, some local roasters. Okay. Um, and I, th- think we were basically just like what can we do with with coffee that no one else is doing or v- only a few people are doing um and i'd been drinking cold brew coffee um for a while um i think towards the end of the uh editing process of the documentary <laughs> i was i was drinking a lot a lot of coffee and cold brew was more caffeinated so i was like yep i'm going to go with that and you know that was sort of that that's what took me through the several of the all-nighters, um, and also this was like long before Cold Brew was a thing. It was before Cold Brew was a thing. Um, I think there was a couple companies who were doing it. I know Stumptown was the one that I drank the most of, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Who else is doing this who else is in this in this space?" Um, and you know there wasn't a lot going on, so I was yeah. like, well then let's let's do, figure out how to make it and do it." Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's essentially, uh, what, what we did, uh, (laughs) because again, it was like, (laughs) you couldn't really, um, you know, you can go to like Barnes and Noble and buy a book on how to brew beer Mm. or how to brew a lot of beer. Like what's the scaling? There was people who it's like, yeah, I make my own cold brew in a, in a Mason jar, Mm. uh, you know, a 64 ounce Mason jar. Um, and this is how much coffee I use, but 64 ounces, I want 64 gallons. Like what do I what do I, add? how much coffee do I add there? Yeah. And then you're starting to think about scales that are just like, how do you, okay, so how do you filter all the coffee? What do you do with all the coffee afterwards? Like, what do you, you know, those are, these are things that we had no idea. So we, it was just sort of like, let's go out and figure it out, do a bunch of tests. So we roasted a whole bunch of coffee, um, to all different levels. We cold brewed it. We found the, the bean and the, the flavor that we liked. Um, and then we were like, how do we make 50 gallons? Because we want to start kegging this and, you know, having cold brew on draft. And so we got a 55-gallon kettle, like a beer kettle, and then we figured out, okay, how do we keep the grounds out of the line so we can (laughs) filter it? And it it was just a a nightmare. Like, it was an absolute nightmare. (laughs) Um, But we finally got it to the point where we could actually make a product. And... We, we went to a local beverage distributor and uh, they liked it and they said, yeah, yeah <laughs> let's, uh, let's do it. And so at that point, we ha- didn't even have a bottle yet. Hmm. Um, we just had it in, on, in oh, kegs. Oh,
1: yeah, it started in a, I forgot it about it. It started in bottle. kegs.
2: Yeah, so the kegs came first. The kegs were, okay. were, what, were what started it. And then we were like, we really need to have like a single serve <clears throat> version of this. So then we, we started bottling it and, yeah, and that's where it started. And then, um, yeah, it was five years ago. Only five? I think it was five, yeah. Oh, 15. wow. 15. This thing, like, kind of blew up, though uh i would mean would you it, not say that in my terms it
1: did because when i started seeing i just i remember the moment that i saw cold brew at starbucks for the first time oh yeah and i was
2: like yeah that was a
1: big deal this is, but but no but like the way i saw it was, that like, was essential
2: though because it was like that legitimized the category i think mm-hmm. really cold brew because it's like when you see you know small companies in that point stumptown was still fairly small and then you see starbucks like you have a cold brew now it's like oh okay that's actually great because now people are going to a, you don't have to educate people on yeah, what yeah, cold brew is. People are getting familiar with you know, what cold brew is. Also, well, cold brew is so much better. <laughs> like, Can we just
1: say that it's just so much better than normal oh, coffee? Yeah, but anyway, great. I just remember seeing that, and I was like, they've been doing this forever. And now Starbucks is... And I was like, oh my gosh, that's insane. Yeah, I think insane. they came
2: like two years afterwards. Yeah, it was a long time. It was and a long and time.
1: then came Dunkin', and I was like... Now everyone's got... Now a everybody's got, got, got cold, brew. And now cold You like, I, I went to a cold brew bar in... <laughs> um, Rhode Island once. No kidding. All they did was cold brew. Wow. Like nitro and everything. Yeah. And I, then you did nitro long before anybody else that I saw. Yeah,
2: we were one of the. I it mean, it was just in Vermont. I I don't know if there was anyone else doing it, but uh, yeah. I mean, it was the first one in in fairly wide distribution in in Vermont. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was interesting because I think in the in the time we were trying to get people to understand, it's not iced coffee. It's you know, in cold brew. They're too completely different things. Right. I think it started to just kind of, you know, spiral into uh, a point where now people are preferring cold brew to ice coffee. Oh, and, 100%. you know, yeah. and it's, and it's, and it's cool because, you know, um, you know, we were able to grow fairly. We, we grew fairly slowly. I mean, we weren't, did you? Um, yeah, we weren't, we weren't, we got into, I think four or five States with distribution, but um, you know, it's again, trying to just drop a new, not just a new product, but a fairly new category onto mm. people. And really with zero uh, marketing budget. Like we were just like, it was all word of mouth. Like we were just, you know, put a new tap handle there and people are going to have to walk up to and be like, what the heck is this? Because we didn't have money to spend on anything. Mm. Um, it was just like production, get it out there, get people tasting it, do live in-person tastings um, and those kind of things. And that's basically what I was doing is is just going out and going to uh you know beverage festivals we were pretty big in 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 a lot of like brewery festivals um but yeah it's uh it's it's interesting and then and then doing some collaborations with different companies um you know it's a lot of fun it was completely different uh than what i was doing before because it was you know i'm i'm now selling a product a cons- like a consumable product. And it's like, co- it's different than anything I'd done. Yeah. So that part was really um, like, it was awesome to, to do something like that. Cause I like just keeping things fresh and you know, so I'm not stagnating, you know, a lot. Yeah. I think that tends to happen. You get into a groove, you're going to do the same thing a million times. I don't know if there's something about it where I just, I don't like doing that. I like to sure. keep on to kind of moving to the next, the next thing.
0: And product development and beverage development is awesome. And then, you know, you're
2: spending a lot of time in in breweries, um, you know, because I was talking with a lot of different people because I'm like, there's got to be a lot of technology that they're using to Mm. filter their beer or to brew their beer that we can use from them. So it was a lot of it was like understanding how a lot of these, you know, this equipment works and then, um, you know, kind of retrofitting beer tanks for Mm. cold brewing. It's, you know, it's a, it's a completely new thing. And then filtration, A lot of it was, uh, and then when we started canning the nitro um, cold brew using a liquid nitrogen doser, it's like I had to figure out, I got a big giant tank of liquid nitrogen, and now I got to figure out how how to dose each can. And there's not anyone who does that. Like the liquid nitrogen dosers were for... Um, like dosing waters and other um, non-carbonated beverages um, just as a purge like a purge. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no oxygen. So it basically drops it in there. All the oxygen gets pushed out and then they can it. And it's, you know, it's got rigidity and it's, you know, so you're not like squeezing a floppy can that's full of (laughs) air, you know? Yeah. Um, So it's like, well, we can probably, so talking with these companies who were explaining to me how this thing works and the pressure level that gets built up in a can and how much pressure you can have in a can. And if I was to dose this with liquid nitrogen, then shake it up really hard to mix in the, the nitrogen and then I popped it, I'd get that Guinness cascade. Right. A lot of it was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think we could probably do that. <laughs> so it was like, fine, that sounds great. Wow. Um, so it's like, I'll, we'll, you know, we, we bought the liquid nitrogen doser. We'll figure out how to use it. It's like, how hard could it be? <laughs> I mean, we'll, and then it's like, oh yeah, the liquid nitrogen is like 300 degrees like negative 300 degrees. So, you know, wear gloves. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, And again, it's like a lot of that stuff is just sort of like doing it and failing at it. And like filmmaking, it's sort of like, you gotta, you gotta just fail in order to get better. And you know, those are, those are the experiences that I think you learn the most from is, is doing it, failing at it. And then it's like, okay, this is how you do it. And you know, the next one gets better and then the next, and then the next. So, you know, that's that's sort of how I look at these things.
1: What a weird trail of filmmaking to yeah. go and start a freaking cold brew coffee company yeah. before anybody <laughs> really else knew about cold brew, in my opinion. Um,
2: yeah, there was only there was early, it was early, yeah. it, was, it was early on, um, for sure, but um, yeah, and now it's and now it's kind of everywhere, yeah. Um,
1: so where so. are you still involved at all? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you? How much? What are you doing now?
2: Um, so before we we did everything ourselves. We kegged, we brewed, we uh, we uh, bottled mm-hmm. all ourselves, which was kind of grueling work. I mean, it was literally just like sweaty warehouse, buckets yeah. of you know coffee grounds, just <laughs> smelling like cigars all day long because that's just what coffee smells like when it's in your pores, um, <laughs> you know, and literally like getting caffeine buzzes. From have from touching so much coffee, like it Seriously. just seeps into you. Yeah, <laughs> and like I wow. and I'd, you I, you just know. get like so much. I'd I'd be like, okay, I need to like sit down because I'd be I'd be getting just like so much caffeine absorbed. No way. You know when you're when you get you know cold brew spills on your arm or wherever it's like you know I'm and I'm emptying gross you know coffee grounds. It just gets on you and then um, you're just kind of like, whew, man, it's like a, <laughs> it's insane.
1: Wow. And I never, um, would have never thought of that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I never thought of it easier <laughs> either until it's, I started getting like, uh, you know, like panic attacks. Right. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. It's like four or five cups of coffee kind of level. of. Yeah. And wow. it's like the
2: oils just like, if you're not wearing gloves, the oils of the coffee will just like seep into your wow. pores and just caffeinate you from the, the outside. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, um I forget what I was talking about. Your involvement? About. Oh now. yeah. Um, so now basically we we uh, have co-packers that that do all the brewing and and canning and kegging for us. Mm-hmm. So you know, in terms of like hands off, it's I don't do production anymore.
1: Gotcha. So you're an owner
2: or mm-hmm. the owner An owner, one of the owners. Yep. Okay.
1: Um, so you're just letting the company run, basically
2: letting the company run. A lot of it is you know we we deal with the distributors. And, um, you know, now we, we do refrigerated trucking. So, you know, we're not hand delivering stuff. Um, so the business model kind of changed as we were able to grow and and scale it. Um, and now we're basically since, um, you know, since March, um, you know, all of our on-premise keg business is pretty much gone Mm. as, as most of the, you know, other beverage industries when you couldn't get beer or, or any other, um, beverage on premise at restaurants or bars, mm. you know, uh, it sort of just went to single serve cans. And that was, you know, where our business ended up going. Luckily we were small enough and nimble enough that we can kind of, you know, move around without losing a ton. Um, but you know, we, we did lots of our, our biggest market in kegs was, um, uh, offices. So, you oh. know, in New York city, we had a distributor that <laughs> distributed, you know all of our kegs to to big offices um how cool would that be
0: yeah it's a nice office perk yeah i, I yeah. want one <laughs> and, i and, want a keg handle in my office and that's the thing and
2: like we we'd um you know we get into these big offices and you know they were going through three four kegs a day holy Ooh. crap and then they'd have to put limits on like how many you'd be able to get because you'd be they'd be pouring you know 30 ounce cups of cold brew and just like drinking. it i mean oh it's so
1: good though Oh and, yeah, but and it's so it's, strong. It's so yeah, strong. Right.
2: That's the thing. It's like people were right. just getting jacked up on, on <laughs> caffeine, <laughs> like to dangerous levels. Um, caffeine
1: high. <laughs> it's what two t- two and a half times. It's or like it's
2: like two x, like two cups of coffee wow. one cup of uh, of cold brew. That's so intense. It's, yeah. yeah, you have too much of it. Um, <laughs> It's, you Start know, freaking out. and if you're <laughs> caffeine sensitive, I mean, like, obviously there's some people who are sensitive to caffeine and, yeah. you know, I don't recommend it. So when they're like, why is this making me jittery? I'm like, I don't know. Cause you probably are <laughs> not used to drinking Over-dose. like basically an espresso. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of what's happening now. Um, just, you know, it's starting to pick up probably a little bit more. I mean, we're still getting keg orders, but not, I mean, not, in any way, the volume that we were right. And just talking to other beverage, uh, company owners around, it's most everyone, you know, it's a 40%, 50% decrease overnight because all the on-premise was closed down. So however many products, however many kegs are out in the field, they're just locked down until further notice. And, uh, you may have to be eating a ton of your inventory because it's not being, being purchased.
1: Well, if you need to get any kegs off your hand, just, (laughs) yeah, you you can let us know. I can, I can probably figure it out. (laughs) I can figure out how to get it out. That's like
2: my mindset. Yeah. (laughs) I can figure it out. Exactly. Give it to me.
1: Um, Dude, that's awesome. I, I, I love when you guys went that direction. Um, it was really good. I quit caffeine my senior year of high school. You did? I did. Because of me? Most No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, because I, I, I thought I had insomnia. I could never sleep. Whoa. And uh, I, it turns out I'm very sensitive to caffeine. So I got a lot more energy when I stopped drinking it, obviously because I started sleeping again. Yeah. But now <laughs> it's like my superpower wow. to where there's certain days like on shoots and stuff when I have like a really long day, I'll take caffeine and it's like I'm literally Superman. I mean, it's awesome because just the, it's just like a whole nother level of, of productivity. You, you,
2: you've tapped into uh, I've got to it a, f- like a, like a plutonium. Yeah. I've got <laughs> it figured
1: out, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's That's awesome. Nice. Um, but anyway, yeah, but, oh, that stuff was so good. So I didn't know that you were still filmmaking through that whole journey. I thought you were pretty much all just coffee, um, but
2: it was, I mean, it was, uh, no like narrative stuff. It was just gotcha. corporate, corporate videos. Yep. Um, But yeah, hey, I mean, like when people people call up and and you know want you to make videos, it's like (laughs) are asking to give you money. (laughs) I can I can can do that. Yeah, well, exactly. So
1: you're basically working for yourself, though. Yes,
2: I mean all the all the the people who are coming um, needing video stuff were just kind of you know word of mouth type type things, right? Um, So you made those connections working for an agency, right? Right. And, and yeah, pretty much working for a bunch of other people. A lot of people would hire me just to kind of help out with their overflow and and things like that. So that was kind of the, the stuff I was doing then. And also just to kind of keep it going. Like a lot of times it's like a muscle. If you don't exercise it, you kind of lose it. So if it's, you know, if it's editing, you kind of want to keep on editing something. Even if it's something that's, you know, a, a personal project or, or whatever it is, or just something for fun, you know, and also like, you know, I, I am constantly on YouTube and, and watching a bunch of, a bunch of other people's work. So, mm. um, you know, that kind of stuff, it's like, you want to keep on yep. kind of and still learning and, and understanding what's, what's out there and, and keeping up with cameras. I mean, that's a, that's a whole other thing too. <laughs> right, right, Just being like, Oh my gosh, they, they made another one of that. Like that was,
1: yeah, right. We're on how the A7F A7S3 already.
2: Mm. <laughs> That's what blew my mind this past week or something. I'm like back, there's three of them. And back in the in the day it was like the 5D Mark II and that was like whoa, yeah. oh my gosh. Now, how many of them are there? Like, I, I have the know. four. You got the four. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> there's at least four of them. Hey, um, those
2: full frame sensor cameras, they're uh, they're great.
1: They are they are beautiful. Yeah. Um You're working for a dealer? I am. What's well, the story there?
2: Um, so it was once we kind of went and all the, all the production was kind of moved, you know, out of house, I was like, Oh, I have tons of time now. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, the dealer was basically looking for someone to, um, to kind of start a new department within their managed services, through the, through the design and all that stuff. Um, and, and they need someone basically to start a video, um, department there. How did so you? That was where, how, how. did you even know about this? Um, I, it was kind of like someone had told me that they were mm. thinking about that, and uh, and so I was like, "Oh yeah," uh, and I <laughs> I could help got, out. <laughs> I got in touch, and that was uh, was how, how it happened.
1: Wow! So yeah. you're doing what there?
2: Basically, it's uh, I'm I'm editing uh, footage f- from different dealerships and making either animations or or videos for for cars. Oh yeah,
1: right on. Yeah, how long have you been doing that now? Like a year, dude. Yeah, sweet. Yeah,
2: so You've it's, done a lot, bro. I kind of <laughs> I want to keep it going, and and you know, obviously, it's uh, you know, it was a different thing because I work primarily in After Effects. It's kind of I, I a dealer. Yeah, so I do. I basically all the animation stuff I do is is primarily in in After Effects, and it was something that I was like, I need to better at this program. And I I, got effects is a beast. I know. And it's, and it's so dense and there's so much you can do with it. And I was using it to some extent, um, with video stuff, but not really just for like titles and things like that. Right. Yes. Um, (laughs) but now I'm doing like full, like full videos in, in after effects and just kind of utilizing like the, the power of that program. And it's a lot of fun. Huh. Um, and trying to like automate stuff, like trying to, trying to use, um, like scripting and things like that. I, uh, I'm into that too. So it's, it's, uh, it's fun. It's, it's definitely something that I hadn't done a lot of, like hadn't done a lot of car. I did a couple car commercials, but not in this, in this kind of 32nd type window.
1: Yeah. That's interesting.
2: Yeah. How old are you? 36. So when you
1: were, you know, twenties running around with a camera, did you enjoy editing at all? So let me, let me say something first. Yeah. I don't really like editing. What? I know. You don't like editing? So here's, I, I oh, would yeah. much rather be running around with a camera. Oh yeah. I mean, that's is my thing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if it, that's going to change later.
2: I, <laughs> I mean, I, know that you're an after effects. <laughs> I love editing. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, do one of those, one of those people that just loves to kind of, well, don't get me wrong. See it cut up and I yeah. love the whole process. Yeah.
1: But I enjoy being out, just just grinding on yeah. with a camera. Yeah, I like um, I I
2: definitely like on location stuff. Um, you know that's that's the more fun I think is yeah. is doing takes and you know especially now that you have tools that are like you know brushless gimbals and things like that that are right. just like making things so much easier to get shots that are like I mean I I had sliders and and all kinds of gear that was just like hardware gear that you know I need to have like. 10 feet of space in order to have my dolly, my dolly track and and all this (laughs) stuff to get like a dynamic shot. Now I can just like, you know, carry it around like a briefcase. And it's just like, you know, (laughs) just walk steady. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, obviously when that came out, I think that was, I don't know, five, six years ago. Like I immediately rented one and I'm just like, I need to, I need to walk around with this and learn about this because this is going to make my life You're so much like easier. You're talking like a Ronin or like a... Like the movie. I think yeah, I, I yeah. rented the M5. Yep. Um, and just put like the smallest DSLR I had on there and just like was like, oh man, okay. This, and then again, <laughs> it, it opens up the... Yeah, it's it's, a, it's another tool you can start to use and think about, oh my gosh, if I you know, how much easier it would have been with this. Like we were doing, like I was doing ice skating videos that I couldn't do before, huh. you know, just to get like angles yeah. where you can like, and you've got a, someone who can operate the, the actual yeah. gimbal. It's like, Oh man, this is just like, you know, those kind of things. I'm, I'm constantly, the know, production value the production is so much, That's, it's so much, it's so much fun to do. But then again, and then, I do like sitting down and getting all the footage together and organizing it and starting to put pieces together. Like mm-hmm. there is, there is definitely a uh, you know the editing process. I, it's it's definitely a um, it's a grind for sure. Like in, yeah. and you have to kind of realize that, uh, what you're getting into. I enjoyed
1: it more when I was drinking coffee.
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess <laughs> if that's I'm that's being true. entirely honest. Yeah, fair enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I, I used to love that process of, of sitting down. Getting like, into the zone. Like what I would yeah. do is—is is it would be one of those things where I would get home from school, right, or whatever, around five o'clock. I would get a cup of coffee and edit until tomorrow, and I loved it. No wonder you I sleep. loved it. Like there's nothing better <laughs> when you're so amped on a project and coming straight home and editing it. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah.
2: that's the thing. That's it's a different mindset with editing if you're like if you love you can't wait to edit it. Like right. that's a lot of the stuff that's like I. I could wait to edit it, but when, you, when you're when you working on something that either you're shooting or, you know, that is something close to you, you either wrote it or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, th- yeah, that's there's a definite urge to be like, I, I want to go, I'm going to edit the whole thing tonight. Yeah, yeah I'm going to... And, and that's, that's
1: the best. Yeah, I Cam, love you
0: start shooting corporate stuff and you're
2: you're just going to melt in your office chair. Like, this sucks. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like... It's <laughs> and, one that's, of those. and that's where you're like, I've got a template for this. Like, I, I, like right. I've got videos that I've done that have basically... This right. is the what I'm doing. I know what questions to ask. I've got basically the same video that I'm making. It's in a different location. I know that's it's kind that's of kind
1: of like what I'm doing I mean, right now. Actually, I but and I just need. I wish I
2: had more templates. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is kind of what it is. It's like yeah. y- y- you know, I I honestly do literally have templates where it's like like with mm. you know music beds and i do i i do love editing to music there's a there's yeah. definitely something that i i do like about that so music videos are have always been fun things oh, to do
1: i love music videos yeah those and, are just, they're you can do whatever the heck you want
2: yeah. It works. oh yeah and, and it, it works, works. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> like i've been doing a lot of like abstract videos to like to sort of like instrumental electronic stuff and just sort of like making weird things hmm. i don't know it's there's just something where you start to i the, my taste is starting to slowly devolve back into like simpler setups like um yeah. you know shooting a lot more on like super eight like i've got a super <laughs> eight camera and i've been like shooting on huh and just like it's a completely different kind of of filmmaking like that's interesting. literally film like oh yeah. I no one really knows about this like mm. no one's really worked on it in their spare time um but yeah i mean super eight um filmmaking i've really gotten into um because there's now places you can basically shoot the you can shoot your your 8mm film stock, send it away, get the processed, transferred, and they send you back a 4K, you know, hmm. ProRes digital file. Hmm. It's like it and it just looks cool. Like it's like, yeah, it's it's like awesome. an aesthetic to it that's just yeah. uh, you know, you can't get you know with an app. I guess you probably could, but <laughs> okay, yeah. color not, grades get close, but Yeah, and you can get it, it you know uh in uh, the color correction is just, again, you can, you've got the dynamic range to do like so much with, with the color correction. Um, I just, I'd love it. I just, uh, I love that kind of stuff. And I've been playing more music recently, uh, kind of getting back into that and doing like music videos for those kind of things. And so, you know, it's just, uh, I love doing that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Huh. You mentioned a couple times, um, Organizing your project and laying it out, uh, what are a couple of like key things that you do to organize projects?
2: Um, I mean, I I all the cards are labeled, and I have basically scene folders. I mean, if you're talking about narrative stuff, it's it's basically like scene, able take one to the you know like everything's slated and organized in that way, so I know which takes are good, which takes are mm-hmm. bad. You know, if you're organizing it in in a bin in, in either Premiere or Final Cut, um, you know you can have like circle takes and like this is the the best take of that. You know, these other takes are or no good. And you and you just build these big files of of scenes, uh, and then you know that makes editing a lot easier. Once you kind of can be like, okay, that's the best take. That's the best take of that. Here's Got another it, angle. Yeah. Here's my close up. Here's you know those kind of things. Um, for the other stuff, it, a lot of it is just I usually know in camera that uh, a take is, or, or a piece of B-roll or something is good. So I'll usually make audio notes in the footage. So I'll talk to myself as the editor mm-hmm. <laughs> and be like, you know, use this take. This is a really good one, you know, oh, whatever. Do be like I make <laughs> notes to myself all the time in yeah. camera. Um, and that helps a lot because I'll usually, I'll usually think something while I'm shooting it. And if I don't tell myself what it is. Yeah, i got to remember. I'll, that. I'll watch it back and be like, what was he thinking during that? What, what was the why did I think this was a good idea? Or mm. like, well, yeah, <laughs> why, why did I shoot I'll, that
0: again? The yeah, first, and it's yeah. like,
2: why? And then if I again, it's, it sounds weird, but if like if I, if I tell myself this is what I'm thinking in that exact moment, I'll, I'll forget about it because I've shot so much stuff and I'll, I'll go back to editing it right. and be just like, you know, not know where I am. Yeah. Um, so there's, there are things like that. Um, but other than that, I don't know. It's it's kind of just a crapshoot. It's really, honestly, it is. So you're it's sort of yeah. just Like you're sort of relying on on having relatively good organizational skills and you know having good footage to begin with. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's the key. Yeah, like the if key. you can't really do much in the editing room if the footage sucks, or, right? Or or whatever. So
1: exactly. How you doing? Good. You good? Yep. <sighs> Like good to wrap up. Yep. Yeah. I, I have nothing more on my notes there. This is awesome, man.
2: Thanks so thank, much.
1: Thank you for doing this. I, I, I mean, the only other thing we would ask is, is where you're headed. Uh, if you have any dreams or aspirations to do <laughs> when you grow up,
2: when I grow up. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, the next again, coffee, you're going to build a rally car. Or? Sure. Hey, I would love to. I know. <laughs> um, I know a guy yeah yeah. <laughs> well you got one of those you got like one of those little i got a dune yeah, buggies yeah, right
0: yeah dad's dad's got a kick kick our dune buggy that's yeah
2: <laughs> those things are pretty sweet you yeah, can uh you can kind of tool around with one of those there is a two-seater go. uh yeah, yeah with well, a jump seat in the back so you okay. can fit four. Oh, but four in that thing i, I mean you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah a good that's a good you gotta a tuck, tuck
0: your feet under the seats yeah. but uh i mean that's the kind of thing like 10 grand you could build it brand new ground up really yeah they're what? they're pretty cheap. I mean, they're basically wow.
2: just like VW engines, right? Yeah, like little f- yeah.
0: It's a Volkswagen bug, shortened, pan, fiberglass, yeah. and like all aftermarket parts are yeah. like cheap from China, ready to bolt
2: together. It's yeah, interesting, pretty neat. Yeah, those things are those things are a lot of fun. So maybe that. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I I I've stopped buying new gear, mm. pretty much, and if in some instances, getting rid of as much as I can. Yeah. Um, 'Cause I, I started basically renting everything as I need it. Interesting. So I'm just like mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm sorta of sick of like buying something and then like two years later I need to buy something else. So it's just like if I ever get like one of those jobs I just rent everything and just bill it. Yeah. Like as a rental. So just there
0: like, you go. Why not? Um then you know it's always gonna work, it's always gonna be the newest so I, yeah. piece and
2: you know, sinking you can sink a lot of money onto that and if you don't if you're not getting video gigs like all the time. Mm -hmm. it's uh it's tough to like i don't know yeah for sure
0: so are you doing stuff on the side now too still or mostly not
2: not really i mean like every once in a while i mean i've i the video side of things i've done mainly to do like music videos Hmm. like for myself or for (laughs) friends yeah like i if you go to spotify leon ampersand that's me you can (laughs) hear my you can hear my my music um seriously yeah, yeah 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 i've been recording a lot of a lot of music. Oh, interesting. Recently. yeah. Another another weird thing that's kind of come full circle from from the early aughts. Because uh, before I was I was playing in a band, um, like a touring band. Really. And then um, yeah, while well, I was early on in that ad agency,
1: did you play like guitar or something? Yeah,
2: played guitar, sang. It was fun. Rock Good and riff. roll. You've you've. Uh you've been busy I can't I can't uh, I can't stay in one you can't sit still well I can't stay <laughs> I can't stay yeah, in like exactly. in one medium is uh, I guess what I What you, I,
1: you've had too much cold brew yeah. I
2: can't I, I haven't gotten too much into painting yet but <laughs> it's basically been video music radio yeah. stage I love just like that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. I don't know it's just something that I, sure. I can I can move around in fairly comfortably I think
1: dude last question yeah how long do you think this has been Unless you've looked at a clock. I haven't looked at a clock. Well, don't look. I won't look. I don't know. Two hours? 216.
2: Wow. Is that the
1: longest so far? Uh, It might be. Really? Yeah. It's close. I think it might be. Joe's is
0: just over two. Who?
1: Joe's. His is 220, maybe. Pretty darn close, dude. Oh, hey, it's been awesome. It's been awesome to learn about you. and. Yeah. And what you've done, because I haven't really known, honestly. Yeah, I, I know it's been kind of
2: kinda weird. Uh, just sort of been on the periphery, right? It's right. Sort of exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: one of those. It's one of those things. I don't really know what you're up to,
2: other than you <laughs> know. I just. <laughs> I don't know at the time. Like I apparently it, again, you it's it's, yeah. it's a weird. Uh, it, it's definitely strange. Like <laughs> I what well, just years past and like being like what year was that? Oh, that was I don't know five six years ago. Yeah. Like, it starts to just sort of blend together, and then, yeah, I don't know. Right. It's just, it's getting to that point where I'm just like, wait a second. What? I'm my 10 year anniversary. Like, Oh my gosh. Wow. (laughs) Two kids. What year is this? Like you have two kids, right? Two kids. Yeah. Yeah. And it starts to be like, Oh man, (laughs) it's crazy. It's, it's, uh, it goes by quick. So yeah, it's been fun to, to discuss all those, those fun things from, from however many years ago. That's awesome, man. I love filmmaking. If people
0: want to find some of these projects that you've worked on, how can they do
2: that? Uh, yeah. So the, uh, the short films in the documentary hammer and saw films. You could probably go on Vimeo and find all those or YouTube and find all those different things. Uh, hammer and saw. Um, and then, uh, yeah. The doc, where's the doc that's on Vimeo too. I think, uh, I think, (laughs) yeah, it's (laughs) on a hundred, hundred head, heart feet. That's it. And, um, uh, I think that's pretty much it. The Leon Ampersand. you can go listen to some of that stuff. I, <laughs> have, I did a music video for that. Uh, maybe I'll post all my eight millimeter home movies. There you go. Um, <laughs> and you no. can
1: buy Cold Brutus at. Uh, sure, go
2: buy Cold local Brutus grocery store. <laughs> you should seriously like get into some eight millimeter filmmaking. It's it's, it's, it's sounds a lot like a blast. Film. Yeah,
1: I've seen some real eight millimeter recently, and it's yeah. like
2: just awesome. It's cool. Yeah, it's really. I, I, there's there's also some. Um, kind of lower tiered sixteen millimeter uh, hmm. cameras that are that hmm. are pretty awesome. Like yeah. if you really want to shoot some like cool grainy Vermont <laughs> yeah. footage, Stuff. like there's some there's some.
1: That's one of those things where you just like go and do a hike and like shoot it. Retro but it's vibe. like, then you can put some artistic voiceover on it. And oh, it's yeah. just, you know, <laughs>
2: dude, if you like go hiking with a super eight, it looks like, you know, it, it looks like nothing you can, you can shoot with any other camera. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just, it's just, sweet. just yeah. And you put like some song behind it. It's like, right. Oh, yeah. Sounds, looks like it's from 19, the 1960s. And and it's, it's just got out, this, wild. This, a gra- you know? it's got a grainy, know what I'm talking about? It's got <laughs> that thumb yeah, and forefinger. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, there's just something about the the format that I just love, and the fact that you can you can develop and transfer it into 4K, and you know something that you can actually. Yeah, you know, that's super cool. Yeah, like yeah. that part of it is really cool. If you if I had to set up a projector and run it in my house <laughs> for people, I'd probably be a different story. But now, you know, you can shoot it and, and kind of edit it the way you would normally would yeah. anything else. So it's just. It's just a couple extra steps. You just don't see the footage until after you're done. Like that's the right. one thing you have to get used to is be like, I think mm-hmm. I got it. I think my exposure was right. We'll see in a couple of weeks when I get the film back. Like it's, yeah, test. You know, it's a it, grind. It reminds me of back in the day when you used to just like take photos mm-hmm. and then you'd have to get it developed and you got the photos back and you're like, Oh, I my thumb over the it's before our time. For that one. Yeah. It's is it you don't guys don't remember those. Remember when I was born? <laughs> Ninety nine. Yeah,
1: I mean, I I never. They had kn- those
2: back then. Yeah, but they I did. I, but you know, I I didn't live without the internet.
1: I didn't like. I've actually I've taken like film right. cameras out, like film photo cameras out,
2: and right. done you really haven't cool lived stuff. without the internet. Yeah, yeah, that's a wild thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I, I guess we were so born in the eighties. You kind of had the weird cross section of l- growing up your, you know, life when you were a kid without. You know, you still had the phone hung on the wall with a big mm-hmm. wire attached to it. And if you ever wanted to get together with someone, you had to call them. Um, and then it was only, like, when, you know, I was 18 or 19, 20, somewhere around there, that was, like, everyone had its cell phones to, oh. like, call people. But you couldn't really text. Yeah, you could, you could call someone. And then there was, like, I don't know, texting was a different plan if you didn't have it on your phone, like your Nokia. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I think it was just, like, everyone started getting... You know the phones just kept on getting cooler and well, so our, our
1: our rule in our house was we couldn't have phones until we turned thirteen, <laughs> and at thirteen, my first phone was an iPhone.
0: Wow! I didn't have a smart smartphone yeah. till
1: college. So, yeah.
0: Then I'm like, mom, I kind of like it's hard to communicate with people with my yeah. virgin mobile flip
1: phone.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I had a Motorola Razor. That was a, uh, a big one back... Iconic. Back when I, I was
1: I, have you seen that new one that just came out? No. It, it's it's a foldable phone.
2: Oh, I thought <laughs> you were going to say it's like sunglasses you put on. Music. No. So like, However,
1: that? Apple sunglasses are coming out in the next few years. I
2: know. I know. It's, it's crazy. Well, it's like kind of one of those things where it's like, what's the... F- is it yeah, going to be contact next? lenses you put in? And it's like... Uh, that's when Probably. I don't know. It's. it's I mean, and things. then you have... Um, you've got... Um, What's his name? Elon Musk Elon. talking about? I knew you were about, the, go there. about the brain, the, <laughs> the link. the Neuralink. Yeah, that's what it's called, Neuralink. Yeah, I, I heard him talking it's about that.
1: Nuts, on I mean, Joe Rogan.
2: <laughs> I, I love Elon Musk is kind of one of those guys where I I, I do love what he does because it's just like he oh, it's just fantastic. does stuff, and you're just like eh, I'm going to just um, dig holes underneath <laughs> L.A. <laughs> like I'm just going to gonna do, dig a pit. He can, so he does. Yeah. I will. And that's what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to make a blowtorch and sell it online. Well, and that, sell his whole thing
1: was he wanted to make like $20 million or something. Yeah. So he's like, I'll make
2: a blowtorch. I'll make a butane yeah. or, or like a pro, like a metal yeah. propane canister that you <laughs> screwed in. And it was a blowtorch, but it was called not a blowtorch. Or not a flamethrower. Like, not a flamethrower, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Not a flamethrower. it was fully a flame <laughs> But it was a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah. flame uh, I mean, like, uh, that's. Uh, he's a best. Yeah. He is. He's amazing. just a wild mind and I, you know, I send a spaceship that. to the you yeah, know why not? And lands come on. it and then lands send it send it up there <laughs> and lands it yeah right. rockets come
1: on yeah
2: Yeah. amazing yeah <laughs> i love that guy it's 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 pretty crazy but yes uh devolve your all of your stuff into into uh you know into 8 millimeter.
1: it is super You'll enjoy enjoy sell the super 35 Red and and buy an eight. You don't need
2: super thirty five. You probably do. I don't know, but you will you will get back a lot more because shoot around with that an eight footage. millimeter. Yeah,
1: Instagram does. Just so you know. Oh, crazy. Anyway,
2: yeah. dude, thank cool. you for doing this. Man. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks so much. <laughs>